practice. 48-year-old Mark Hurdle from Aylesbury was last week sentenced to a 12-week curfew plus a fine for intentionally exposing himself. There's also been two incidents near the river in Bedford Town Centre. Sophie Saluria reports. The first was at Duck Mill Lane on the 5th of November where a 15-year-old girl saw a man aged between 18 and 25 carrying out an indecent act in front of her. A man matching the same description was seen again on Friday the 8th of November exposing himself near to the old Dame Alice School in Bedford. The man is described as being of Asian appearance, six foot tall and wearing jeans and a dark raincoat. A manhunt has continued through the night in Paris as police search, police search for a gunman who shot and critically wounded a photographer at the headquarters of the Liberation newspaper. The same man is thought to have threatened journalists at a television station on Friday. Plans to expand Pinewood Film Studios in Buckinghamshire go before a government planning inspector today. It's the second time the film studios have appealed to the planning inspectorate. They want to double the sound stages and production facilities. The head of the campaign group, Stop Project Pinewood, Sylvie Lowe, says they're not completely opposed to the plans. What we're against is the expansion of the green belts because, you know, people have actually moved in this area because there was green fields and there were roads and, and you know, there, there were some, some open spaces. So, you know, Pinewood using their iconic name to actually expand in the green belt is really angered people. The editors of the Oxford Dictionaries have revealed their word of the year. It's selfie, a photo you've taken of yourself. And in football, England take on Germany in an international friendly at Wembley this evening. The weather, a cold day with some long spells of sunshine and a high of 5 Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. The best part of Wolverton is um, like the museum. My favourite part of Wolverton is the community spirit. There's always somebody that you know everywhere you go. The nice thing about Wolverton, it seems established. People tend to know their neighbours but not be able to talk with it. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. BBC Three Counties Radio. I imagine it's got something to do with uh, grot bags. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm feeling very perky. I think I'm feeling perky because I slept so badly last awful night's sleep. Partly because, partly because, I'll, I'll, I'll let you into my life, shall I? My two little boys will be four and two in the new year. My wife was working yesterday, I had them. It's a joy, it's a joy, it's a pleasure. Well, yesterday, they were so naughty, they were little so-and-sos. Oh, they were naughty. My eldest was spitting at his grandmother and calling her stupid. I stepped in. He spat at me. She isn't stupid. She's Greek. So, the, uh, turns out you're not allowed to hit them anymore. I, they should make that clear. Boy, they were naughty. I want to watch another Peter Rabbit. You are watching no more Peter Rabbits until you apologise to your grandmother. Also, have you seen what they've done to Peter Rabbit? Oh, they've made it... An, anyway, tangents. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including flashing. Is it time we stopped being so 70s about it? Shopping. Wolverton wants more shops and fewer takeaways. And selfies. Justin Dealey is our selfie correspondent. He's promoting the art of the self-portrait. 
If you want to take part in the show this morning, you can do facebook.com forward slash BBC. In fact, no, I'm not going to give you the Facebook or the text. I'm just going to give you the phone number. Call in, please. Just call in. Forget all this internet, this social networking, this twerking, whatever it is. Call in and talk to me. Old school. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now... We've noticed... By the way, if you want to take part in the paper review in about uh, 30 minutes, give us a call now, 08459 455 555. Now, we've noticed that that there have been lots of flasher stories recently in the three counties, and the latest has been targeting schoolgirls walking along Bedford's embankment. It seems like uh, flashing, which, let's be honest, is a weird thing to do. has been happening forever, which got me wondering how the police dealt with it. And then I saw this. A 48-year-old Aylesbury man up in court for flashing... He gets a fine and a curfew from 8pm to 6am. So basically, he can do what he wants during normal office hours and a bit before. I could fit in a lot of flashing working 9 to 5 if I wanted to. It seems pretty pointless, doesn't it? A curfew of 8 till 6. Well, Justin has been speaking to people in Leighton Buzzard about this. Justin, you've got some pretty amazing stories, haven't you? Well, do you know what, Ian? I, I was shocked yesterday. Um, pretty much um, one in two women that I spoke to had stories to tell about flashing. Uh, this particular story is from Pauline. It's, it's very, very explicit. But um, here's what happened to her and her child. Just, I should just warn you, this is quite a little bit explicit. It, it's on the borderline, but if you have young ears, maybe you want to um, put your fingers in them now. Here we go. Now, your incident happened very, very early in the morning. Yes. And it affected your child. Can you tell us what happened? I was walking up uh, South Street with my little six-year-old child at the time. He, we were in the shop. He turned around and he said, Mum, there's a man actually playing with himself in the window. I thought he was lying until I turned around and saw a fully naked bloke playing with himself out the window. So when you say outside the window, outside the window of the shop or, or in yeah, his property? He was in his property. He was standing fully naked in the window doing whatever he was doing out the window over the children that were walking past. It is shocking, absolutely shocking. How did that affect your child? Uh, Well, he didn't want to walk that way to school, let's put it that way, first thing in the morning. He was like, Mummy, I don't want to go that way to school, but it was the only route I could take because it was his school route. So I called the police, obviously, and informed that he was doing it, the children, because there was 14-year-old girls walking past. Mm. And if that was my daughter, I wouldn't be very happy. I was going to say, I'm pleased that you phoned the police, because some people just don't report that sort of thing, do they? No, they don't. But unfortunately, I find it quite disturbing that children see things like that. I mean, obviously, there was something wrong with the gentleman, because he had to do that half past eight in the morning. That is an amazing story, Justin. Mm. And you, you were telling me before we came on air that you actually got a lot of... So about 50% of the people you spoke to had stories about flashing, which yep. I find incredible. A lot of people didn't want to talk on record, but we're not talking here about stories that, that have only happened in the last year. That story was from the last year. You'll hear more again later from the last two or three years. But, but a lady I spoke to as well, something happened to her 50 years ago, and she never told anybody until yesterday. So whether it happened recently or in the past I was absolutely shocked at how many stories people had to tell and the majority of people didn't actually pick up the phone and report it to the police because they thought what's the point what can they do just incredible stuff thank you very much for that we're listening to uh, that is chartered psychologist Richard Marshall good morning Richard good morning Ian. it seems an old thing it's, it seems a kind of you know sort of carry-on 70s thing but it, it, flashing is very serious What would make someone do that, expose themselves to to children and and women and other people? It's a good question, and the main reason is a sense of inadequacy on the person's part. 
So they're feeling less than. So in some way to kind of feel better about themselves, they expose themselves. That's absolutely right, yeah. It, it, it doesn't... It's odd, isn't it? It doesn't make... It, what, what is wrong with them that they feel so inadequate? Well, that's, that's the $100 question, isn't it? Um, usually it's experiences in their, during their upbringing... Um, a sense of inadequacy, inadequacy in social relationships and particularly sexual relationships. So basically somebody who's, who's failed in regard to their relationships and is compensating for that by exposing themselves to others most I th- often. I find this fascinating because, because, because most, uh, in inverted commas, normal people, if they, you know, had, had, uh, had relationships fail, they might go and have a drink or they might go and cry or they might go, whatever. To, 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 to carry on that, that train of thought to think, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, open my flies and, and whip it out and show it to people. It's an interesting train of thought, isn't it? It is. And I I think what's happening and what the research tells us is that people are wanting to have some sort of impact on the world around them. So the inadequacy is not just felt personally, but it's it's a sort of social inadequacy and a a degree of social isolation. So um, people have uh, a desire to express themselves sexually. They, They can't do that in any normal ways. And so they have an impact on other people. Should we feel sorry for flashes, Richard? Well... I think generally I'd feel sorry for people who have regret and remorse. Um, unfortunately, people who tend to uh, flash—sorry, people who flash—tend to um, have high recidivism, recidivism rates, which means that they, they will repeat the offence. Right. Um, so, 35% uh, um, are likely to repeat after getting caught. Is that partly because of the way the legal system handles it? When we were talking about a gentleman who, who was, was caught exposing himself and, and he got a fine and a curfew between 8pm and 6am, that doesn't sound like, A, it's going to be much of a, a punishment, and B, that's certainly not going to rehabilitate him, is it? No, it is probably going to single him out in the community and target him and leave him more isolated and um, picked on. Uh, so I, I don't imagine that in itself will actually help. It sends a person a clear message that what they're doing is wrong. Um, whether it'll actually stop, it won't uh, in itself deal with any sense of inadequacy. And the people who are exposed to the victims, how can it affect them? Well, more often than not, when, it, when it's distressing for people, it, it's um, shocking and uh, scary. It, it violates the person's mind, in a, in a sense. Um, if the, if the victim's a child, it's even worse. Uh, we know that um, about 50% of people who flash also masturbate at the same time or express themselves sexually in some way. So that, that is going to be totally inappropriate, uh, particularly with, with younger adults and children. And can it lead to more extreme behaviour? Is, is, is the, the, the person who exposes themselves happy at just doing that or do they need to go further and further for the thrill? Um, more often than not, <coughs> they'll stick with just the flashing. Right. So what we find is that um, it's what we call a hands-off offence. So it's not a direct physical assault in any kind or sexual assault, usually. Um, and as I say, the, the tendency is for people to repeat this over time. Richard, uh, fascinating. I, I could uh, talk to you more about this. Is uh, Thank you very much, Chartered Psychologist Richard Marshall. Well, um... Uh, th- th- I warn you now, this will be a slightly adult conversation. I think we're all old enough to handle it. 
But if you do have young ears this morning, you might want to be a little bit cautious uh, around them. If you've got any stories, 08459 455 555. Do you have any sympathy for the flash? They obviously have a, a deep-rooted psychological and emotional problem. 08459 455 555. morning so far. The speed sensors aren't picking up any problems through the roadworks on the A5 Fenny Stratford Bypass and Milton Keynes. That's why there's one lane closed at Watling Street, but there have been delays at peak times. The A5 northbound going past Dunstable looks a little bit slow, and the A413 is patchy in both directions going through St Peter, and also as it heads past Gerrard's Cross. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 6.16, it's Tuesday, the 19th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Members of the public in Luton detained a man after a woman was fatally stabbed. Hospitals are to publish monthly figures to show if they have enough nurses on their wards. And in football, England take on Germany in an international friendly at Wembley this evening. It's never friendly against Germany. The weather this morning, cold with long sunny spells and highs of 5 degrees Celsius. Coming up, the future of Wolverton. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Every consumer problem has an unhappy customer. They've actually deleted the main account instead of attaching my one to it. We ordered it and when we got home we checked the measurements and it just will not fit. A company. We've asked the council, now they come up with a new excuse, it's not them, it's down to the highways. And he said, well I'm sorry, that's your policy, oh well maybe next time you'll learn not to open the box. And me getting to the bottom of it all. And they confirmed that they would return my excess and that my no claims bonus would not be affected. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. This is a song. Sylvia's mother says Sylvia's busy Too busy to come Sylvia's mother says Sylvia's trying To start a new life of her own Sylvia's mother says Sylvia's happy So why don't you leave us alone And the operator says
Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. You know, I often think the show would run a whole lot smoother if um, my team, instead of uh, obsessed with taking selfies... Uh, we'll actually focus on the production of the show. The reason we're talking about selfies is it's, it's the word du jour. Justin Dealey's been banging on about selfies ever since I've known him. Uh, he, he, do you know, it, on average, it takes a woman 16 minutes to take a selfie of herself. That's a fact. That's a fact. We'll be talking about selfies uh, later on. If you do see Justin Dealey running up to you, bounding up to you like a big blonde bear uh, this morning, he'll probably be asking you if you want to take a selfie with him. I can can only apologise in advance. Now, BBC Three Counties Radio is into its second week of what we're calling the Big Tour. Every week we visit a different area, and this week we're looking at Wolverton, which people are telling us needs a little bit of TLC. Not the pop group, but tender loving care. A new plan for the area is looking at getting rid of some of the takeaways and bringing in more shops, as well as creating more street markets. Well, I'm joined now by Hilary Saunders from Wolverton and Greenlease Town Council. Good morning, Hilary. Hi, good morning. Why is Wolverton in need of a revamp? Well, I think Wolverton has gone downhill over the years and has turned a corner, is on the up and up, and this plan ought to really set us a great leap forward. What is the plan? What are you aiming to achieve? Well, it's to have a coherent plan for mainly the whole town centre area and also some ideas on the railway lands if ever what was the work's huge site uh, does get redeveloped. What, what's wrong with takeaway restaurants? Why do you want to see some of those go? It's not me personally wants to see them go. There has been huge consultation on this plan and that seems to have been a popular idea with members of the public. Um, but it's the numbers of them concentrated together that I think uh, bothers people. But in actual fact, personally, I like all the shoe shops to be down one road. It's easy to see them. All the estate agents in another, all the takeaways together. You can park and get two or three different takeaways for your family the way they are. But that's a minor part of the plan. It, it really is. The huge thing about the plan is our town centre has a big car park in it and the Agora Centre, which is now very, very run down. It's been neglected over the years. And actually changing the heart of our town with a special development brief for if ever it's bought by developers and reworked, that has been, for me, the main focus of this neighbourhood plan. So the Agora Centre would go? Yes. And what would, what would replace it? Well, that's been very carefully designed... And Milton Keynes' cabinet have accepted a development brief for the Agora. And in actual fact, what we would do is restore Radcliffe Street, which has a bit going up the side of the square at the top end of Wolverton. It has another bit coming out on the Stratford Road. And the middle bit, well, they plonked the Agora on it. <laughs> in Fantastic. The late 1979, I think it was. So where are we, Hilary? What stage are these plans at at the moment? Oh, uh, very advanced. It's been through a very long process, but we have to finalise it, town council approve it, because future Wolverton has done all the nitty-gritty work on this, but it is the town council to put the plan forward. It goes to Milton Keynes Council. If they think it's good enough, it goes to a government inspector, and if the inspector thinks it's good enough, then it comes back for a referendum of people living in Wolverton. Ah, so, so the residents will, will, will get to have their say on it as well? 
They've had their say on it several times already. Right. They've I... fed, fed up, I think. <laughs> They've been uh, <laughs> so talking about it. Hillary, have, about it. have we got a date then? Is it... to have the referendum and get the thing done and moving. Is there a date in mind, Hillary, when, when you know, the first wrecking ball will be brought in, the first brick will be laid? No. Um, it'll be a year, at least, I would have thought. Uh, but because the referendum is not likely to happen until the elections in May. Right. Um, and if it is approved, then there's substantial strengthening of what the Cabinet have already approved for this Agora Development Brief. And, and any developer will have to follow the brief if the people in Wolverton approve it. The Cabinet have approved it already. Actually, it could happen sooner. The Agora is up for sale. They're asking rather a lot for it, I think. How much do they want? The 2.5 million. Flip it, heck. I'll go hard and, with and you. It is not it to carry on the way it is, no. you know. It, the flooring is dire, the lighting is dire, the roof leaks, you know. It is a demolition job, which is expensive, because it's a very well-built building. It's all engineering bricks, a whole lot. Yeah. Not just the damp-proof course. Hilary, I appreciate your time. Best of luck with the plans. No doubt we'll be speaking uh, I- I- in a year, he said optimistically for himself, but uh, I'm sure that plan will uh, certainly go ahead. That's Hilary Saunders from Wolverton and Greenleys Town Council. <laughs> in your town or your village to knock down one building. What's it going to be and what are you going to put there instead? The Agora Centre in Wolverton is going. 
Yeah. What would you knock down in your town? 08 This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Going by Henlo, the speed sensors are picking up patches of slow-moving traffic on the A507 in both directions. In South Oxy, Presswick Road is closed between Hailing Road and Green Lane after an accident. That's just north of Carpenter's Car, um, car Park Station, uh, Park Station, sorry, by the golf course there. Public Transport First Capital Connect have delays possible between Letchworth Garden City and Moorgate because of earlier overrunning engineering works. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. Members of the public detained a man in Luton after a woman was fatally stabbed. Police arrested the man in his 50s at the scene in Trent Road. Hospitals are to begin publishing monthly details of how many nurses they have on duty and whether safe staffing levels are being met. The information will appear on a new website from April. Two reports of a man exposing himself near the river in Bedford Town Centre are among several being investigated across the three counties. Last week, 48-year-old Mark Hurdle from Aylesbury was fined and given a 12-week curfew for intentionally exposing himself. The weather, some long sunny spells but feeling cold with a high of 5 Celsius. On to sport and in football, Captain Stephen Gerrard says England are ready to show Germany how much they've improved since their defeat to them at the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. The two sides meet tonight in a friendly international at Wembley with Daniel Sturridge set to lead the attack after recovering from injury. Joe Hart also returns in goal after being dropped recently. Wickham Wanderers replay their FA Cup first round tie at Crewe tonight. The chairboys come, come up against a team from the division above. Manager Gareth Ainsworth says his team are very much the underdogs. Yeah, there's nothing to lose. You know, we, we uh, everyone expects Crewe to win. They're, they're a League One team. You know, we're going up to their place. So everyone expects them to win. So we've got nothing to lose. We better go there and play with no fear. And I'll be saying that to the boys. Boreham Wood also have a difficult FA Cup first round replay. Ian Allenson's side form from Conference South are at Carlisle from League One. The Luton Town midfielder Andy Parry has been added to the England C non-league squad for tonight's match against the Czech Republic. He joins Hatter's striker Andre Gray, who's also in Paul Fairclough's squad. Meanwhile, Luton winger Dave Martin has joined fellow Skrill Premier side Dartford on a month's loan. In cricket, Australian broadcasters have confirmed that enhanced technology, including real-time snickometer, will be available to the third umpire in this winter's ashes. The thermal imaging device hotspot will also be used, despite it causing confusion earlier this summer. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. time for you to start fiddling with the microphone. I was getting excited about Nat King Cole's Christmas CD. Whoa, is it in the newspapers now? Well, no, you've got to pick it up from Tesco's or McCall's. Oh, man, what is this McCall's nonsense? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. That's her. Hello. Uh, if you want to... We're oh. do... Steady on, we're not doing it yet. We're going to play Kirsty McCall first. If you want to... McCall's! Yeah. If you want to take part in the newspaper review, you can do. Not you, uh, Kelly Betts. 
I don't want to. Okay, oh eight four five nine. She says that on air, but off air, she's been begging us to be part of this. It's not happening. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And just to say, Boyle, no disrespect. Mm-hmm. You know, I respect you as a human being. And I think as a mum, you are certainly just above those people that go on Jeremy Kyle. So well done for that. Well, thanks a lot. But just, I just feel that you know you need to up your game in the paper review a little bit, just a little oh, bit, right. just a little bit. Okay. Uh, you you can be replaced. Well, yeah, I'd like to see you try. Is that a threat? Well, let's just have a look. How many producers have been through in the last six months? Well, okay, you're the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, the other, the court cases are still ongoing with those, so we can't mention the other two. But I'm just saying you're not counting Kelly. That, Kelly doesn't. Kelly certainly does not count as a producer. Uh, well, I thought I did a good job. Yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> all I'm saying is, listen, it's the sort of behaviour that turns them off. You exactly. Think. So, from you, so. Five out of ten so far. I really need to start seeing some seven and some eights, otherwise I'm going to get just like some Joe Public to come in and do it. I'll put my socks up. Thank you.
I miss Kirsty McCall. I do. I miss her. I was not, not a huge fan, but I just miss her kind of, She'd be fun to be on the pop scene, wouldn't she? She's what Lily Allen wants to be. Yes, there you go. There you go, you see. Right, look at the newspapers. If you want to take part, you can just kind of dip in. Not you, though, Kelly Betts. You're certainly not taking part in this bit. OK, I'll wait for five nine. What? I'll wait for five nine. Four double five. Five double five. Stop the music! The front page of The Sun... Who's getting back together? Who's done? Not, not you, because you know who's getting back together. Who's getting back, to, back together? Kylie and Jason. No. Um, Dawn French and Lenny Henry. No. Jennifer Anderson and Brad Pitt. Oh, f- go away. Monty Python. If you mention pantomimes, I will come through there and rip you out of the chair. What pantomime are they from? Yeah, there you go. Don't stay, Catherine, don't. It's not, honestly, she's not worth it, love. She's not worth it. Stay, stay there. Monty Python are getting back together. Now, I'm, I, I go through love-hate periods of Monty Python. They're basically aimed at 15-year-old boys, but at the moment, I'm feeling like a 15-year-old boy. Um, well, and just at the moment? Yes, at the moment. I, 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 I have, after dealing with two very naughty children yesterday, I'm feeling mischievous myself. They're getting back together. Let's be honest, it's going to be awful. They'll probably play the O2 Arena and it will just be the greatest hits. It'll cost 250 quid a ticket. They're a bit too old for it. They're too old for it. Graham Chapman's dead, but it'll be wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Despite all of that, it'll be wonderful. What? Hook me up. Well, I'm assuming you'll just phone up like Ticketmaster or other ticketing agencies and buy oh, them. Don't you go through celebtickets.com? Well, not not since um, not since the late nineties. No, <laughs> I used to get invited backstage to these kind of things. Yeah. Can you imagine that? No, I should be buying tickets. I'll be there definitely. Well, one extra you won't notice, would you? Well, I will if they. I'll be really quiet. And by the way, I've just got to say, uh, this, this, I do feel very sorry for this, uh, the, the Paul Flowers, this co-op gentleman. And we won't go too much into it. But this is the, the gentleman. He's also a minister. Uh, and it, it's being alleged that he's bought um, uh, drugs and that he's also indulged in uh, uh, rent boys. The Sun, fair play, the Sun are coming up with some blinding headlines. What was it yesterday? Crystal Methodist. Crystal Methodist. Today, to do with the, the drugs and the rent boys, sorted for he's and whiz. Thing is, it would be hilarious if it wasn't someone's life. I know. I feel very, very sorry for the fella. I feel sorry that he's obviously crashing uh, to a hideous rock bottom. So make it worse, it's being exposed in the public. But in defence of the sun, they come up some cracking headlines. What have you got in the newspapers? What a source! Greg's cuts back on ketchup. What? Something that will horrify many of my what? northern relatives. They Greg's. think they think that Greg's is like a five star restaurant up there, don't they? Isn't it? Yeah. Oh. They warm your food up. <laughs> Greg's has already faced criticism for shrinking the size of its pasties early this year. Oh. How could you? No. Now the bakery chain has issued an edict on the usage of sauces, which has left a bad taste in some customers' mouths. Exactly. Oh. Staff have been banned from adding brown sauce or tomato ketchup to cheese rolls. What? Why would you want a cheese roll without that sauce? That's right, crazy. Instead, they can only be used on breakfast rolls with bacon or sausage. So they're actually monitoring your this sauce is, intake. This, is a, this sounds very familiar. 1939, anybody? The company denies it's a cost-saving move, saying instead it's designed to speed up service. Oh, yeah, because squeezing a sauce takes <laughs> a lot of time. Done it. One customer, Keith Perry, who visited a Greg's in Kent, yes, they have them down south, <laughs> said I asked for a pound thirty-five cheese roll and was told... We're not supposed to sell you a cheese roll with brown sauce. We could get into serious trouble. Sorry, that's more East End. But that's how I imagine they talk that far south. Yes. In another outlet, a barrister said, a 
barrister went into a Greg's. Wow. Said he was told that he could not have brown sauce on his cheese roll on the grounds of health and safety rules. However, this appears to have been a misunderstanding. You, you, now, you're from up north, yes. so you'll have that horrible brown muck. Oh, yeah. I'm from down south, I'll have the, the ketchup, and never the twain shall meet. Do you know, when I was pregnant, I sent my husband to the chippy and asked him if he could get me a meat and potato pie. Yeah. They laughed him out of there as if he'd asked for a lobster. Good. You really are. I don't they said they do it, a steak pie, scum. but not a meat and potato. No, you are, though, and I'm, I, I, that comes from a place of, of affection, but you really are filth. Now, the, uh, the Daily Express, they've got a really good story. You're not really, you're wonderful, but... It's OK, you're it's my... going into the tribunal. <laughs> oh, look, Kelly's just chucked me a banana skin. Thanks, Kelly. Wonderful. Uh, now, the Daily Express have got a really good story about uh, a lifeline to rescue our elderly from loneliness. Older people do not have a sell-by date and are not rubbish to be thrown away as they age. Campaign Esther Ranson, look at the size of what she's done there. I'm distracted Yeah, no, from but it's the... not what she's done, is it? It's what the paper's done. They've I'm... chosen the boobiest picture. I'm distracted from the story because Esther Ranson, a woman who is 73 years old, hey, that's life, uh, she is showing way too much Clevington for, for a woman of her uh, years. That really is... They've got their own gravitational pull. Clevington. Yes. That's Latin <laughs> for breasts. It really is. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly. Uh, 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 not, it's not what we want to see at this time in the morning, I'll have you know. Yeah, but you have spent an inordinate amount of time looking at that. I know. I, to my to eyes are just, just pulled towards them. You know the purple house that won't sell? Oh, yes. Now, yes, there's yes. a frilly house that won't sell. OK. There's a place for everything inside this six-bedroom home. I mean, six bedrooms chock full of trinkets and Wowzers. bits and bobs. Behind the pebble-dash walls of the post-war semi are clustered so many ornaments you'd struggle to put down a cup of tea. Don't even think about swinging a cat, says the hilarious Paul Harris in the Daily Mail. And every nook and cranny has a knick-knack. There's enough Delft china to start a shop and not one wall is unadorned. Now, I don't mind an ornament in other people's homes. No. Our generation doesn't really do. No, we don't. We do bowls, vases. I've got loads of vases. I've got the monkey mobile. Is that an ornament or is that a toy? (sighs) It's a historic document. Can I tell you an amazing story? When I was a few years ago, let me see, this would have been about 12 years ago, I was looking to buy my first property. My girlfriend at the time and I, we, we were living in Muswell Hill in North London. We were looking to buy our first property, OK? And we were looking at all these different properties and we went, went to a flat that was about four, three or four miles away from where we lived, OK? We walked into the flat and on the, 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 the little side table, OK? And there was the post on there. Yeah. Do you know what was on the top of that, that post? I hate to think. A letter addressed to me. What? Isn't that mental? A letter addressed to me. It had my, it had my address on it, my name, my address. It was sent to this flat. Did you live around the corner? No, we lived, we lived a couple of miles away from it. The completely different numbers, different street, everything. It was, and I said to this agent, this is from me, it's from my agent, it was a check. This, this is for me. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, that's my name and address. I'm going to take it. I, I don't know if you should. I said, I'm going to take it. I did, and it was a check. Um, and that flat, the funny thing is, we didn't like that flat and we didn't buy it. Wow. Isn't that mad? That is so odd. Isn't it odd? That's freaky. Stuff like that is freaky. And it's odd you didn't buy it because a lot of people would say, yeah. ah, this meant that the flat was nah. meant for me. It was horrible. I had a tiny kitchen. It was horrible. Really? Yeah, dirty I've place. I've seen some holes in my time. You know, I once went to a place where they said... <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> I went to a place where they said fully furnished flat. I remember going with my dad. This was in Peterborough, my first ever job, OK? Yes. So, you know, I've been living in some pretty squalid old hovels when I was in u- university, and you get used to a certain level of filth and grime. <laughs> you this- do, don't you? really lower <laughs> your standards. Once we, got, once we got past the mattresses in the yeah. hallway and the fact there was no roof on the hallway... 
Oh. It really, I mean, it was like it had been bombed out. We went in and after going down a very, very dark alley to get there, I yeah. knew I wasn't going to live there. Yeah. Anyway, we looked around and uh, I said to the estate agent, who was a young man and obviously on the black, because he was saying, there's a lot of space in here. Yes, because there's no furniture. <laughs> I said, so you said it was fully furnished. I mean, I can see a worktop and where on earth is the bed? Yeah. He hit the wall. Oh. <laughs> Like one of those Laurel and Hardy beds came. I was surprised there wasn't a wow. man with a moustache and cross eyes. <laughs> yeah. I've been in here for years. <laughs> those beds really exist. They really exist. I mean, I, if it had been a decent enough place yeah. or slightly less, Ooh. you know, I would have gone for it just for the bed alone. That is fantastic. Can you imagine in the middle of the night? <laughs> if you want to give us a call when you're looking for houses, if you, that seems to be the topic of conversation. The things that have happened when you've looked for houses, your disasters and your triumphs, 08459 455 555. Thank you very much, Catherine. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, you're still, you know, I'm still considering getting in, uh, getting a ring. Oh, come in. on, I brought out the bed story for heaven's sake. Well, That's my best bad. material. You're back in my good books. Six f- 6.45, let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In South Oxy, Presswick Road is closed between Hailing Road and Green Lane after an accident. That's by the Oxy Park Golf Course. In Brickettwood, the A405 North Orbital is heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout already this morning. Then on the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, things moving slowly between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public Transport, First Capital Connect have delays possible between Letchworth Garden City and Moorgate. That's because of earlier overrunning engineering works. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 6.46. It's Tuesday the 19th of November. I'm... Oh, the 19th of November? That's virtually Christmas. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man has been arrested on suspicion of murder after a woman was stabbed in Luton. Police are investigating a number of reports of indecent exposure across the three counties. And in football, it's an international friendly at Wembley tonight as England take on Germany. If you want to give us a call, 08459 455 555. We'll maybe speak to you after we get the latest weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's a very crisp start to the day, but it seems like most of us across all three counties have hovered just above zero Celsius. So for many of us, a frost-free start. Now, there is an exception to the rule. Some of us just about teetering on the edge, so a sparkle or two is just about forming now as uh, the temperature's just sneaking down to zero. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Some of us are scraping windscreens, some of us aren't. But it does mean, because of the clearing skies last night, a beautiful start plenty of sunshine around a cold crisp day with a northwesterly breeze which will make things feel really rather chilly now towards this evening once the sun sets the temperature will drop away very quickly and that's when we're going to get our frost the minimum temperature down to perhaps minus one minus two so the first part of the night we're looking at a widespread frost away from towns and cities however as we head through the night later on the cloud will arrive it's increasing from the west and also the wind will start to pick up as well so because of that, all those factors mixed together means the temperature will rise. So what starts off a frosty night perhaps will not end that way. Outbreaks of rain tomorrow, spells of rain really, accompanied by some really quite hefty gusts of wind as well. Again, it's going to feel very cold. The maximum temperature just 7 Celsius, that's 45 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. 
BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. Coming to towns and villages across beds, hearts and bucks as we bring you the three counties like never before. It's a huge trip celebrating all that's amazing about where we live. There's always something that you know everywhere you go. All this week in Wolverton. Somewhere where you're always going to feel welcome. You can get stuck in and get to know people. If you've got a story everyone should know about, let us tell everybody about it. Send us an email to 3cr at bbc.co.uk. It's not just the the place, is it? It's the spirit of the people. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. Not only is it a friendly place to live, but it's also, there's lots going on. Local and vocal. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We're talking about uh, disasters when you've been looking for houses. We're talking about selfies. And if you could knock down one building in your town or village, what would it be? 08459 455 555.
never seen a bass guitar so high and close to a man's neck. I've got a soft spot for level 42. I've got a soft spot for them. Is it hard to slap a bass? It's it, very, very hard. It hurts. Depends, depends how naughty it's been. They're still going. They're still trotting out their 80s uh, bass-driven That's songs. The best one, though, that one. It is, it is the best one. We had um, another song was queued up, and I thought, no, we're going to have that one. Was it Lessons in Love? No, that, well, that was oh, Lessons in Love. It was the other one. Yeah. I forgot what it is. I'm going to have to, Kelly, if, one tip. If you're going to speak on air, just get your mouth close to that microphone thing. That amplifies it. Sorry, I, I tend to do... Thank well. you very much indeed. Now, this week, we're focusing on life in prisons across the three counties. We'll be getting an insight into what goes on behind bars through the eyes of people who've been there. Well, today, we hear from Oscar. He's an ex-offender. Uh, my first offence, yeah, that was a street robbery. That was when I was a juvenile. And my last offence was a commercial burglary. How long were you in prison? The last time, ten months. Quite humbling, to be honest. Because I was a mess. I was, um, I was using alcohol to self-medicate. So, for me, it was just like picking me out of, the, of alcoholism and all that surrounds and the way I was living and just taking me into a safe place where I can then get better. But people might see PlayStations in prison and this, that and the other and say it's easy. I mean, it depends on your perspective. When I was younger, when I used to go to prison, it used to be hard because I used to fight against the system, fight against authority. But now, the situation I was in, I begged them to send me to prison because I needed a change. I need, And I couldn't get that on the street. There was no help for me. I do believe rehabilitation works as long as you're ready to receive rehabilitation. If you want it to work. When yeah. I was younger... And I didn't want it to work. It didn't work because I wasn't. I was only doing it as face value. I wasn't doing it for me. That's I robbed a pub because I was drunk and I wanted more drink. So I went into the cellar and I stole crates and crates and crates and crates of beer. I didn't know what I was doing. I had total blackout. So I, I was, um, yeah, I was drunk while, while I committed my crime. What do I think about it? It's not very good behaviour. It's terrible behaviour. It's crap behaviour. I wouldn't do it now that I'm sober today. I wouldn't dream of doing that. But, you know, you put alcohol inside me, I'm a different animal. I change into a different person. You know, I needed help with that. I recognised that. Like I said, I was at the end of my tether the last time. I could have got bail and I begged them not to give me bail because I knew I'd be out there looking for more alcohol. So I was grateful for my prison sentence. A lot of people that I, I have my friends now know that I've been in prison before and it doesn't seem to affect them. But if I've just met someone for the first time, whether that be like a church environment, they do have this sort of, ah, oh, well, poor you thing. But I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, um, for me, it, that, that doesn't bother me. But what bothers me now is how I can get on in, in life now. You know, i.e. getting a job, being a productive member of society. So I don't want my criminal past to stop me because basically if I can't get a job and I can't pay my own way in life, then what's left for me to do? You know, I don't want to sit on the dole. For me, my, my, my addiction caused me to crime. So I don't believe, even if I was on the dole, I will go back out there and commit crime. But it would make my life a lot harder owing up to the consequence of my past actions. And that is going to be... That's out there. That's the given. I find that if I be honest about it, people are a bit... They might be taken back at first, but then they see the person I am today and, and then that quickly disappears. Do you know what I mean? It says so in the Bible, doesn't it? You know, like drinking too much, it warns about that. 
You know what I mean? So, and it's true. You know, that cut me off from my spiritual connection with God. And then I was able to do all these crazy, crazy things that I don't agree with. But now I'm sober. I've got my spiritual connection back. And as long as I keep going to church and doing my recovery, then, yeah, I feel, I feel positive for the future. So, yeah. And I don't think that my criminal past is going to hinder me. You know, in some aspects, it might even help me as long as I can use it for a positive rather than a negative. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's Oscar, an ex-offender, speaking to Helen Lee. Now, we're talking about buildings that you would knock down because the Agora Centre in Wolverton is going. Um, Sue in Hitchin has texted, in Hitchin, the eyesore Wilkinson's building should be knocked down. A square block between old buildings. Arr. She writes. What would you get rid of, Catherine? Uh, Bedford Bus Station, but what? I think that's pretty much what everyone would want to do in Bedford. Really? Yeah, it stinks, it's horrible, it's just... But oh. that's that's how bus stations should be. I really think they should should stink of wee-wee. They should be dark, they should be claustrophobic. Because that's what they were like in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up. Well, exactly. It's stuck there. I recently went back to, to the Slough bus station where I spent far too much time as a child and they've remodernised it and they've, it's all illuminated and it's... Oh, no, I don't like well, that. Well, hang on a minute. They're trying to encourage people onto buses. They're yeah. trying to show that buses aren't the smelly, wee-infested things that they were in the past yeah. and that they're a great way and a clean way of getting around. OK. And then you're welcome to Bedford. Is this oh, so you'd horrible knock that down. dump? Kelly, what would you knock down? I would knock down high-rise flats in Luton, but I would rebuild them. There wouldn't just be loads of homeless people running around. And you'd you'd tell the people to to, to get out? I'd be like, wait here a second, we're just going to rebuild. What's that noise? The kettle kettle boiling. (laughs) Good for you. I'd knock down your house, Kelly. (gasps) Thank you. I don't live there anymore, but thanks. Hang on, where do you live then? Somewhere else that you wouldn't knock down. Mm, Good point. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queues on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Also very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. The A1M southbound is slower Junction 7 for Stevenage and in South Oxy, Presswick Road is closed between Hailing Road and Green Lane after an accident. On public transport, First Capital Connect have normal service resumed and there are no other reported problems on the public transport. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. So over to you, dear listener. What buildings would you knock down and why? 08459 455 555. It can be anything, it can be anywhere. What would you get rid of and why? Part of me would knock down this old building. Not to do us all out of a job, but let's be honest... BBC Three Counties Radio Towers has certainly seen better days, hasn't it? 08459 455 555. Let's get the latest news and sport now. Is Jane Killick. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, murder suspect arrested in Luton after the public intervene. Several incidents of indecent exposure investigated in the three counties and government inspector looks at plans to expand a film studio in Buckinghamshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man's been arrested on suspicion of murder after an elderly motorist was stabbed to death in Luton. Members of the public detained the man at the scene in Trent Road until police arrived. The woman, who was in her 70s, was treated by paramedics, but she died. Bedfordshire police say the man, who was in his 50s, was known to the victim. 
Police in Bedford are investigating two reports of a man flashing at teenage girls by the river in the town centre. It comes as last week a man from Aylesbury was fined and given a 12-week curfew for exposing himself. Chartered psychologist Richard Marshall says flashers do it because they feel inadequate. What the research tells us is that people are wanting to have some sort of impact. So people have a desire to express themselves sexually. They, they can't do that in any normal ways. And so they have an impact on other people. Hospitals are to begin publishing monthly details of how many nurses they have on duty and whether safe staffing levels are being met. The information will appear on a new website from April. The move is part of the government's response to the Francis inquiry into failings at Stafford Hospital, which said there had been appalling care. Plans to expand Pinewood Film Studios in Buckinghamshire go before a government planning inspector today. It's the second time the film studios have appealed to the planning inspectorate. They want to double the sound stages and production facilities. The head of the campaign group, Stop Project Pinewood, Sylvie Lowe, says they're not completely opposed to the plans. What we're against is the expansion of the green belt because, you know, people have actually moved in this area because there was green fields and there were roads and, and you know, there, there were some, some open spaces. So, you know, Pinewood using their iconic name to actually expand in the green belt is really angered people. A new plan for Wolverton in Milton Keynes hopes to regenerate the area. Some takeaways will go, there'll be more shops and more street markets. The idea is to encourage independent traders and improve the shopping experience. Hilary Saunders from Wolverton and Greenlees Town Council is looking forward to the improvements. I think Wolverton has gone downhill over the years and has turned a corner, is on the up and up, and this plan ought to really set us a great leap forward. The editors of the Oxford English Dictionary have named selfie as the word of 2013. It's uh, photos taken of yourself. Its use is said to have increased by 17,000% in 12 months. And in football, England take on Germany in an international friendly at Wembley this evening. Meanwhile, Wickham Wanderers replay their FA Cup first round tie at Crewe tonight. Boreham Wood also have a replay at League One side Carlisle. The weather, a cold day with some long spells of sunshine and a high of 5 Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. It's got a huge heritage and it's a very unique place. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's impossible to go one day that's bumping into someone you know. All this week in Wolverton. The community is the best part about Wolverton. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Very, very packed show this morning, local and vocal. Bringing you the big stories as they happen. Lots of things coming up, including flashing. Is it time we stopped being so 70s about it and started treating it maybe a bit more seriously? Shopping. Wolverton wants more shops and fewer takeaways. Well, the Agora Centre in Wolverton is going to be knocked down. What buildings in your area would you knock down and why? And we've sent uh, self-publicist Justin Dealey out and about to promote himself, yourself and selfies. 
facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr you can send me a text 81333 start your text 3cr or you can give me a call 08459 455 555 across beds hearts and bucks this is bbc three counties radio A man's been arrested on suspicion of murdering a Luton pensioner. Police were called to Trent Road yesterday afternoon after a woman in her 70s was stabbed at the wheel of her car. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey is at the scene this morning. Uh, Justin, what more can you tell us? Well, as you say, a man was arrested here yesterday after being called by a member of the public shortly after 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. A woman in her 70s was found here in Trent Road and treated by paramedics, but she was pronounced dead shortly afterwards. Uh, the suspect was detained by passers-by. Is that what happened? Yes, that's right. Um, a 50-year-old man who police say was known to the victim was detained by members of the public. He was arrested at the scene on suspicion of attempted murder and then re-arrested on suspicion of murder on arrival at the local police station. And uh, what are the police saying about this? Well, the police obviously are looking for witnesses. They say that uh, however big or small that information may be, if you know something, if you saw something that happened here yesterday after afternoon in Trent Road at about three o'clock uh, to call 101 or to call Crime Stoppers where any information will be treated confidentially. Uh, so you're there in Trent Road at the moment, is that right? I am at the moment, and, you know, again, like, like we spoke about yesterday, we were with an incident over the weekend, uh, the police were here yesterday afternoon, driving down Trent Road this morning, you wouldn't think anything had happened here. The police have been here, and they've now left, and obviously they're appealing for witnesses to come forward with information. Managed to speak to anyone this morning, just anyone out and about? Yeah, it's very, very early in the morning, but um, I spoke to uh, one local a moment ago, and here's what happened. There's somebody who lives along this road, it's another... Shocking Lucen story. Can you describe how you feel living here? Just stunned at the moment. Completely stunned. I don't think it's even sunk in properly yet. And I presume yesterday afternoon all the streets here were cordoned off? It was all cordoned off. All to, I don't know, late, late this morning, I think. Over the weekend we heard about a man who was stabbed inside his own home. That's pretty near to here as well. Um, with these incidents which we keep on hearing about, about Lucen, would that maybe put you off from, from living in this town? No, I've grown up around here, so no, not really. Uh, thank you very much. That was our reporter, Justin Dealey, at Trent Road, where yesterday afternoon a woman in her 70s was stabbed in the wheel, at the wheel of her car. But don't forget if uh, the police are looking for any witnesses. If you saw anything, it was about three o'clock yesterday afternoon, then do call uh, 101 or call Crime Stoppers. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, flashing is one of those things. It seems to be around forever. The dirty old man in the trench coat was a regular feature of picture postcard humour, carry-on films, and, well, the 70s in general. It became sort of a, a bit of a joke, really, didn't it? But perhaps that's the reason why it's not being sorted out. We've heard lots of stories recently in the three counties of flashing. The latest flasher we've heard about is still at large, targeting schoolgirls in Bedford. Well, last week, a different case, a 48-year-old man from Aylesbury was fined for indecent exposure and given a curfew of 8pm to 6am. Well, psychologist Richard Marshall spoke to me earlier on and doesn't think that that's an appropriate way to deal with the problem. No, it is probably going to single him out in the community and target him and leave him more isolated and um, picked on. Uh, so I, I don't imagine that in itself will actually help. It sends a person a clear message that what they're doing is wrong. 
Um, whether it'll actually stop, it won't uh, in itself deal with any sense of inadequacy. Well, with us now is Rachel Griffin, the director of the Susie Lamplute Trust. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. Uh, Rachel, I, I would imagine that you're one of the groups of people that thinks flashing should be taken a little bit more seriously. Well, it should certainly be taken seriously, yes. I mean, I would leave it to, to experts like a psychologist to talk about um, how flashes should be dealt with, but um, certainly we would want to encourage anybody who uh, experiences flashing as a victim to report it to the police. This is a very serious, um, very serious offence. It does have this image, doesn't it, of, of you know, the, the, the dirty old man in the Mac and, and people sniggering and going, oh, look, you know, look at the size of that and all that kind of nonsense. But it is abuse, isn't it? It's, it's abusing somebody. Yes, it can make people feel very, very distressed and very scared. Um, and uh, we, we all have the right to, to walk around the streets um, and go about our daily lives uh, without encountering this kind of behaviour, uh, definitely. Tell us a bit more about the Susie Lamplew Trust. Just remind us why it was set up and, and what it, it, it sets out to do. The Susie Lamplew Trust was set up in 1986 after Susie Lamplew went missing. Susie was an estate agent working in south-west London. She was in her mid-twenties, and one day she went to meet um, an unknown, an anonymous client at a property, um, and she was never seen again. And her parents set up the trust because they thought that Susie's disappearance was avoidable and that there were things that we can all do at home and in our daily lives and at work to improve our personal safety. Um, so what we try to do is give people tips to feel empowered that they can go about their daily lives, but by taking some simple precautions to keep themselves safe. Well, we'll get on to those precautions in a second. The, the, the Susie Lampley case was, was nearly 30 years ago, is that right? That's right, yes, 86, so isn't a long that, time ago. Isn't that yeah. incredible? Yeah. I, did, did, I thought it was my... What, what kind of tips and advice would you give to people, then, to, to be safe on the streets? Well, the first thing that we would stress is that for most of us, the streets are relatively safe, and we can walk around without uh, fear of being um, a victim of crime. But it can help to plan ahead, so to consider where you're going and how you're going to get there. Is the route you're, always going, to, you're going to take always busy and well-lit? And are there any high-risk spots, such as those where uh, your, your unfortunate incidents have taken place locally, um, that you might want to avoid, such as quiet or badly lit alleyways, subways or isolated car parks. We would encourage people to consider carrying a personal safety alarm. Um, that's not necessarily going to uh, draw attention to, to yourself, but it could be used to shock or disorientate an attacker um, if necessary and give you vital seconds to get away. We, um, we sent our reporter Justin Dealey out earlier on uh, uh, to talk to people, and he was surprised to find that nearly half of the, just under half the people he spoke to had had some experience of someone exposing themselves. That seems an incredible, and a lot of those people hadn't told the police or their family or, or anything at all. Well, it can make people feel incredibly embarrassed, um, and, and as you say, there may well be uh, a culture of thinking, well, that's just part of life, that's something that we should accept. But uh, we tend to find that the police really want to hear about this kind of thing. The more they know about an area and what's going on, uh, the better equipped they are to, to, to help citizens. So we really would encourage people to report this if, if it happens. Rachel, if people want to get in touch with the, with the Susie Lampley Trust, how can they? Um, the best way is to um, go on our website, which is www.susielamplew.org. Rachel, thanks very much for your time uh, this morning. Rachel Griffin, the director of the Susie Lamplew Trust. I'm staggered that that case was nearly 30 years ago. I remember it as if it was yesterday. It was, it was huge. Still is here. Every, now, every few years something pops up. The mysterious Mr Kipper, wasn't it? And every, every few years something pops up. Some new evidence. An incredible story. And um, 27 years ago. Wow. Uh, well, let's put this out to you. Justin uh, Dealey has been out on the streets and was surprised at how common flashing was. Incidents of people, and I'm guessing, 
I'm guessing it's only men. I can't imagine women... I mean, the psychologist was saying it was to do with inadequacy, so it, it, it's in a sense trying to seize control and, and, and gain some control and have some sort of effect on members of the opposite sex. I, I can't imagine a woman ever doing it. I, it I'm surely, sure it's just men. But Justin was surprised at how many people had been a victim to this and had experienced it. So if it's happened to you, could you give me a call this morning? Obviously, bear in mind, we have young ears listening, so let's tread as delicately as we can around this. But what happened to you... Uh, and and what did you do? Were you reluctant to tell your friends, uh, your family, and the police about it? Oh eight four five nine, four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, when this was mentioned yesterday, we're going to be doing this. I thought, okay, well, we'll you know, we'll, we'll get a couple of stories about it. But then Justin came in this morning, said I've, half, just under half the people he spoke to had been uh, had experienced something like this, and some of the stories were horrific. Just horrific. You people out with their kids and things. If it's happened to you, give me a call this morning and share your story and your experience and what... Uh, how it, I guess what I want to try and get at is how it made you feel. How did you feel as a result of it? Did you laugh it off? Were you able to laugh it off? Or, or did it have more of an impact on you? Did it, did, did, did it upset you? 08459 455 555 is the phone number. You can text 81333. Start your text 3CR. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. And uh, as well this morning, uh, in light of, we'll be talking about this in a minute, in light of what could be happening uh, in Wolverton, the Agora Centre is being knocked down. It's going. What buildings would you like to see knocked down and uh, why? I would get rid of the shopping centre in Luton. <gasps> is that blasphemy? Have I blasphemed? Uh, yeah, kind of, I think. I'd, I'd get rid of it and build, I don't know, a nice one. It's not that bad, is it? It's not that bad, but it's a, it, the bits of it are a little bit grim. Tell you what, since I've been working here, they've really cleaned that place up. You wow. used to be able to smoke in it. <laughs> Do you remember when I used to smoke? I used to smoke inside my house. Imagine me smoking in my house. Imagine me smoking as I did in bed. Was there a particular room you'd smoke in? Uh, every room, oh, every yeah. room. Wow. We'd never smoke on the toilet. I was classy like that. See, I have an auntie who smokes, and she only smokes in the kitchen. Oh, oh, nice well smoky food. Disgusting. 08459 455 555. You, you have the power. You have a magic wrecking ball. You can get rid of any building uh, in the, the three counties, or in the world, for goodness sakes. Let's take down the Eiffel Tower. What on earth is that about? You know, the Eiffel Tower was meant to be a temporary uh, thing, and the French loved it. The French were so lazy, they couldn't be bothered to take it down. So they left it there. That's what the Eiffel Tower's there for. The French are too lazy to take it down. Something like that, isn't it? And you can build plastic ones and sell them at huge expense. Exactly. That's why they do it. That's why they do it. 08459 455 555. You can get rid of any building in the world. What's it going to be? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, Airport Way is partially blocked after an accident on the roundabout by the entrance to the airport, so you should expect delays if you're heading there. South Oxy Presswick Road is closed between Hailing Road and Green Lane after an accident by the Oxy Park Golf Course. A1M southbound is now slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital is heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout, and the M25 itself anti-clockwise looking very slow between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also, things are queuing between Junction 18 for Chorley Wood and 16 for the M40. Public transport have no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. 
Right, it's 7.16. It's Tuesday the 19th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Members of the public in Luton detained a man after a woman was fatally stabbed. Hospitals are to publish monthly figures to show if they have enough nurses on the wards. In football, England take on Germany in an international friendly at Wembley this evening. The weather today, it's going to be cold, with long sunny spells and a high of five, uh, five Celsius. 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... Going from the Saint to, to Bond was rather like a, a diamond being put into a much more expensive, intricate setting. I believe women have affairs because they seek love and affirmation. So, you know, my marriage went wrong and I had an affair, but I would not have done that had I not been unhappy, I think. I left school wanting to be a magician, but my mother wouldn't let me because my Auntie Maureen was in show business and she was a naughty lady. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. We're talking about flashing. Uh, and, and, and we need to start taking it a little bit more seriously. Part of me, part of me has a little bit of sympathy for the for the uh, the flasher tiny tiny part there is obviously something uh, 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 not right about the way they are programmed okay they are ill not justifying it i'm not you know explaining their behavior tiny tiny part of me the majority of my sympathy goes for the people who have been flashed at Catherine, you were just telling me that it, it had happened to you at one yeah, point quite a bit actually really <laughs> yeah especially when i lived on the continent i don't know whether it's because i was obviously on my own and looked foreign but i seemed to attract them but there was a particular incident on a train yeah and and you know it, i was reading a book and like everywhere on the train no one looks at each other and I kind of became aware that this guy was trying to catch my eye and I thought you know you sort of look up a couple of times and think really he is trying to catch my eye and then I my eyes travelled down and I realised what he was doing but the thing was he was sitting in a crowded train other people must have seen what was going on but it was do you know what it was it felt like a violation because he was making me complicit in what he was doing I just got off the train I didn't know what to do I was only about 20 21, 22, yeah. um, and I just felt, it, it, it was, I, I'm not, I'm not shrinking violet, No, but I just had to get out there. Yeah. Oh dear me, I wait, 459, 455, 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Pauline is in Biggleswade. Pauline, it's happened to you. Hi. What happened? Right, well, I was, um, I was overdue. I'm pregnant, very heavily pregnant, yeah. and I was on my way to Adam Brooks Hospital in Cambridge. And as I turned into the road, this man just came straight out in front of me and pulled his trousers down to the bottom, pants everything, and um, I was stunned. I just, just couldn't believe it. And at first, I just thought, this is not real. It's not really happening. <laughs> and then I kind of just, he just literally was in front of the car. I thought, he's not even getting out of the way. Yeah. Um, I had my phone with me. I said, you can believe this. I said, is this real? And then, and then he just kind of went over. He had another friend with him. Um, and, uh, he had a fr- so he had a friend with him? He had a friend with him. He was on the, on the, on the side of the road. Um, and he was kind of laughing. Um, but he showed his frontal and everything. Just, 
unbelievable. How? By the time I got to hospital, I thought, well, maybe this will bring the baby on. <laughs> well, well, yes, possibly. How, uh, how did it make you feel? Quite sick, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something you want to see, is it? When you're... Not, well, not when you're out and about going to... Not, not, not unless you have chosen to see that. That's, that, that's right. the thing, isn't it? You make a choice to see those things. Yeah. Uh, for someone to... to as a psychologist was saying, to, to, to uh, take control of what you're viewing and, and, you know, have an impact on you. And did you laugh about it, Pauline? Or, because we, I do have this, this worry that we kind of snigger about flashing, but actually it is a form of abuse. Yeah, because um, I had another experience that happened to me. Um, I went to Tenerife uh, many years ago, uh, and we, 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 we had a bit of a drive to the hotel. And um, so we were on this coach, and as we approached the area where we were staying, um, we didn't know anything about nudist uh, beach, um, uh, beaches around there. Um, but all of a sudden, there was just this road with sand coming either side, and... In front of me, I could see this man just standing there again, <laughs> but completely, not even, not even to take his trousers down or anything. He just had nothing on, and he just stood right in front of the coach. So not only was he, um, okay, I'm on nudist beach, but hello, everybody um, that's on this coach that's coming here, I'm nude. So, again, that was kind of, do I really want to be here? Because if I want to go on to nudist beach, I'll go on to nudist beach because that's what I want to do. Mm. But actually to have, have that in your face it was a bit, a bit horrifying. Well, yes, ab, ab choice of, of, of phrase there. Yeah. Did you have any sympathy for these people? Because a little bit of me, Pauline, has a, has a tiny bit of sympathy. Not justifying it, what they're doing is outrageous and offensive and, and, and uh, you know, is rightfully illegal. But they're obviously not very well. They're, they have been programmed incorrectly. Yeah, I think they must be, actually. I, I do counselling work myself, so I think there is um, a problem. Hmm. Uh, Pauline, somewhere deep down from the past or something they're going through at the moment in their lives. Pauline, I really appreciate your, your time and your honesty this morning. It's Pauline in Biggleswade, who's had a couple of experiences. Has, has it happened to you? Let's put this out there. We, may, we probably won't get anyone, but let's put it out there. Have you ever done it? Have you ever done it? Uh, have you been, at some point in your life, a flasher? I know it's a long shot, but I think if you don't ask, you don't get. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, as part of our big tour of the Three Counties, we visit a different town across beds, hearts and bucks every week, covering the stories that matter to you. Well, this week, we're in Wolverton, and uh, a new plan for the town is calling for less takeaways, more retail, and the creation of street markets. Well, Marie Osborne is from Future Wolverton and heads up the Wolverton Town Planning Centre. Good morning, Marie. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Marie, what changes does this plan envisage for Wolverton? Um, basically, it's trying to um, do what local people want it to do, which is ultimately to protect the shopping function of Wolverton Town Centre and make sure that we achieve a mixture of retail uses in the town centre. So it's an attractive place to come and shop and spend some time and that's not what we have at the moment unfortunately so what, what's the problem at the moment too, too many takeaways well somebody in in the consultation process said you can get um um a gent's haircut and a fried chicken in wolverton but you can't get very much else oh. and i think that that phrase speaks volume for the problem that we have having said that we do have some you know fantastic and unique 
independent retailers who are doing a brilliant job, but we want more of them and less of um, takeaways in particular. I mean, there's very little we can do actually to control um, hairdressers. Um, I, but, you know, we all need hairdressers. I but, suppose um, that those, be- those, those businesses are there, Marie, because they, they have proved that they can survive better than other businesses. Yeah, but if I can just give you an example. Go on, please do. Milton Keynes Shopping Centre, um, that we all know well and probably um, have all been to at some point in our in our life, um, it works because the Centre MK, who, who own and run the centre, control very tightly the uses that happen in that centre to make sure that it's a successful centre which looks good and um, does the job it needs to do and makes profit for those businesses. Mary Portis, who you may well remember at the, at the beginning of 2012, produced a report called the Portis Review into the High Street. And what she said was that one of the things that high streets needed to do was to get real about controlling uses in the way that big shopping centres do. So we somehow think it's acceptable on the high street to leave the market to do what the market will do. And yet in big successful shopping centres like Milton Keynes or Blue Water or other places like that, the, the uses are controlled so tightly that it's difficult to get in there sometimes for some types of businesses. Now, I'm not advocating a privatisation of of high streets, but what I am advocating is some sort of balance Mm. here, and that's what our neighbourhood plan in Wolverton is trying to do. It's trying to get a mix of uses so that the town centre is not damaged any further. And, you know, what's happening in Wolverton, you can see all over your region, I'm absolutely sure, where shopping in the high street because of lots of different pressures, the internet, you know, um, the fact that we all go to big supermarkets that, you know, that give us everything that we possibly would need, is under threat. However, the Porter's report and evidence shows that what high streets can do, which shopping centres can't do and supermarkets can't do, is give us a social experience, is give us somewhere we can go, we can meet our neighbours and friends, we can have a chat, and we can, you know, we can connect with one another. And that's what our neighbourhood plan is trying to do. It's trying to recreate that sense of community in the high street that did exist you know, 20 years ago and doesn't exist anymore. So this is not about, you know, unfair competition. And we're not saying any of the takeaways in Wolverton at the moment can't be there. This is about controlling future use and putting a limit on what we've currently got. So the plan basically says in this frontage of this part of Stratford Road, there will be no more takeaways. We have enough. And I think if you spoke to many, many people in Wolverton, they would say, yes, we, we do have enough in that particular stretch of the road. Is it true, Marie, you've described the Agora Centre uh, as the, uh, a cancer in the middle of the town? Yes, I have described it like that, and I don't, don't shrink from doing so. It, it, you know, in my opinion and in the opinion of 90% of people who live in Wolverton, it is exactly that. It was a huge planning error, which... Um, was gifted to us by Milton Keynes Development Corporation. Ironically, it was supposed to regenerate Woolworton when Milton Keynes, you know, arrived in the the late 70s and, you know, 30 years later it's it's dragging the town down Mm. and it needs to go. And it is on its way out because it's currently up for sale. Um, The Agora Agora owners have put it on the market. Um, We have an Agora development brief which has been adopted by Milton Keynes Council on the back of the work we've been doing on the neighbourhood plan. They've also agreed to pursue compulsory purchase of the building if 
and when the owners fail to negotiate and sell to a developer. So, yes, I have described it like that. Many, many people in Wolverton would describe it like that. There, were a, there is a tiny minority that wouldn't. Uh, but what I would like to emphasise is that the businesses in there are highly valued in the town, especially the co-op and the post office, and the neighbourhood plan is securing the... Um, those businesses in the town. So those businesses are protected in both the neighbourhood plan document and in the Agora development brief. We're not in the business of getting rid of businesses. We are in the business of getting rid of a building which has long outlived its useful life. Marie, we've got 20 seconds. When can we start seeing some of these changes? Well, the, the Agora is to sale at the moment. Um, the word is the, the owners want a quick sale um, before Christmas has been mentioned. Having said that, um, it's very unlikely it will be demolished tomorrow. Um, you know, we're on a long road, but we're, you know, we're, we're getting there. And the Agora is only part of the process neighbourhood plan. Um, we'll go to referendum in the summer. Um, next year. Marie, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. We'll be following that story closely. Marie Osborne, <coughs> excuse me, from the future, future Wolverton and heads up Wolverton Town Planning Team. And uh, big thanks, of course, to our reporters Craig Lewis and Lorna Hankin for researching and uh, sorting that story out and a lot of these stories that we're talking about this week as part of the big tour. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good news if you're heading to Luton Airport this morning. Airport Way has been cleared after it was partially blocked after an accident. The M1 southbound slow between Junction 10, though, for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise looking really like it's struggling between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Queuing between Junction 18 for Chorley Wood and 16 for the M40. Southbound on the A1M, things are slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. The A5 High Street uh, leaving Dunstable is slow from Priory House and in South Oxy Presswick Road still closed between Hailing Road and Green Lane after an accident by the Oxy Park Golf Course. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. Members of the public detained a man in Luton after a woman was fatally stabbed. Police arrested the man in his 50s at the scene in Trent Road. Hospitals are to begin publishing monthly details of how many nurses they have on duty and whether safe staffing levels are being met. The information will appear on a new website from April. Two reports of a man exposing himself near the river in Bedford Town Centre are among several being investigated across the three counties. Last week, 48-year-old Mark Hurdle from Aylesbury was fined and given a 12-week curfew for intentionally exposing himself. The weather, some long sunny spells but feeling cold with a high of 5 Celsius. On to sport and in football, England play Germany tonight in a friendly international at Wembley. After their 2-0 defeat to Chile on Friday, captain Steven Gerrard says it's one of the few chances left for some players to impress manager Roy Hodgson before he names his squad for the World Cup. It's now or never, now's the time to show the manager that you're worthy of a place in that team. Yeah, there's a couple of friendlies preparation before the tournament, but that's too late. You've got to do it in the next two to, to make sure that the manager picks your name. Wickham Wanderers replay their FA Cup first round tie at Crewe tonight. The chairboys play a team from the division above. Manager Gareth Ainsworth says his side are very much the underdogs. Yeah, there's nothing to lose. You know, we, we uh, everyone expects Crewe to win. They're, they're a League One team. You know, we're going up to their place. So everyone expects them to win. So we've got nothing to lose. We better go there and play with no fear. And I'll be saying that to the boys. 
Boreham Wood also have a difficult FA Cup first round replay. The Conference South side take on Carlisle, who play in League One. The Luton Town midfielder Andy Parry has been added to the England C non-league squad for tonight's match against the Czech Republic. He joins Hatter's striker Andre Gray, who's also in the squad. Meanwhile, Luton winger Dave Martin has joined Dartford on a one-month loan. The basketball superstar LeBron James has revealed that he's having talks with David Beckham about investing in the former England captain's planned MLS franchise in Miami. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, you have a bulldozer. You can knock down anything you want in the world. What's it going to be? Um, Reg says, how about bulldozing slough? What a hole that is. I'll back that up. I'll back it up. I mean, slough, really. It's, it, it, it's had its moments. And, boy, they were a long time ago. Uh, Chris says, in my opinion, the Luton... T- well, Chris has got a huge list. The Luton Town Centre, followed by Hemel Hempstead. We've gone from buildings to knocking whole towns down. They are ugly, out of date and look tired. They need to be pulled down and start again. Now, now, one of the arguments... Uh, not in any way saying that what Hitler did was good, but but uh, one of the, the benefits to come out of the Blitz, and I know, you know, we lost a lot of people, so I'm not making light of it, is that London had to pretty much be rebuilt. And if it hadn't been for London being destroyed by the Blitz, it would still look, you know, parts of it would still be huge Victorian slums, basically. It would be horrible bits of, of London. And, and uh, you know, we have to look for light when there is only shade, but... Helen in Milton Keynes says, knock down the Palace of Westminster, then make MPs work from home and liaise with other MPs by video conferencing. Would save a fortune on second homes energy bills. Hey, that's true, actually. They don't need to be in Parliament, do they? We could stop them doing that. They don't need to be in Parliament. Because, um, I know the back kid story. I know the back kid story. I got the back kid story up here. I know all about the back kid story. Um, because they could do it all on video links. Uh, and Mark the Truck says, that description of Wolverton describes Hatfield just to add tam- tumbleweed to boot. 08459 The bat story. Stephen the Milky. Morning, Stephen. Good morning. How are you? You've called in to talk about the bat kid story, and my oh, team yeah. were rushing around with a bit of paper going, oh, I'll bring in the... <laughs> I know the bat kid st- We know the bat kid story. For those who no, don't, Stephen, is- t- tell us about it, because it's, it's wonderful. It is just an absolutely, in this day of horrible stuff and bad news, it is a story that is absolutely wonderful. There's a young, there's a young kid, uh, I think he's got leukemia in America, and he wrote to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. He's five years turned, old, isn't he? Yeah, five years old. Five-year-old kid with leukemia. The whole city turned, they turned into Gotham City for him, and he went and rescued people, and the whole... The whole town got, on, got behind it. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. My sister sent me the link to this, and it's an amazing story. It's, one of the, it's, it's, yeah. it's just so lovely. He's a five-year-old boy. He's got leukaemia, um, and he likes Batman. So he dressed up as Bat-Kid. And wasn't it he was in a chauffeur-driven limousine or something? Then suddenly the, new, the, the, the radio cuts to a news bulletin saying, <laughs> there is a, there's a robbery taking place. We need Bat-Kid to come to our aid. And he's in the car going, what? That's, <laughs> that's me. And so the driver takes him to this robbery. He stops a robbery. And then he goes off and he does, he rescues someone. And then yeah, he goes off. He rescues a lady, doesn't he, in the street, trying to a bomb or something. And he meets Batman and he gets to drive yeah. in the Batmobile. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about yeah, it. It's absolutely It's talk, magical. Anyway, talking about Flash. <laughs> There's a quantum leap. Yeah, go on. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've been flashed a load in my job. 
Unintentionally, mind you. I've had people come to the door. I've had, I mean, I've had, I've had young ladies come to the door. This is mine a few years ago, and she said, "Oh, oh my money's upstairs," and she said, "I just went upstairs and get it." But what they don't realise is they've got a short T-shirt on about nothing else. Oh, so they dear. went upstairs, and, and of course, I didn't look. Being a gentleman, no, of course, of course. But oh, 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 I'm sure as well you've seen the uh, the, the gentleman with the. Uh, you have to tie up dressing gowns very, very tightly, don't you? Yeah, that's what I've seen. I've seen uh, the old men with their yeah, oh, white wait, and yeah, we've, yes, and that, yes, yeah, we've, we, we don't no, need yeah. to go into any graphic descriptions, no, Stephen. Anyway. And, and anyway, there's a, I said there's a. I went to milk the other day, dropped the milk on the door, so this this lady opened the door, opened the door in a ne- dressing gown. I thought that's a funny place to have a door. Ha <laughs> No, it wasn't funny the first time, was it? Them years ago. Stephen, I'm gonna have to yeah, let no, you go. No, I, I, I should th- think so. Three out of ten. Must try harder. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. See you later on. This Bat Kid story was incredible. Even my, my sister, who is cynical to the hilt, sent me this and went, oh, this made me cry. And it's so sweet. This, and he looks wonderful in his Bat Kid outfit. He's only tiny. Oh, bless him. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. We'll have a look at the front pages in a bit, but let's have a look at what you've been saying on Facebook about flashing. Uh, Ian says, I'd like to give him two minutes with my Doberman. He wouldn't get it out again. Uh, John says it's getting very cold, so we can be safe to assume flashing should shrink up a little until next spring. Um, I don't know what... There's someone else says, I don't know what the answer is. Fail to see what pleasure can be derived from this activity. Is it just a sad old man's thing, or have there ever been reported cases of women partaking in this? Public shaming could be one way of stopping persistent offenders. It's interesting. Two of those three comments have done the... Ho, 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 kind of thing. Oh, ho, 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 ho. That was the second comment from this, from John as well. Okay, I didn't realise. But it's, it, it, is that part of the problem that we don't take it too seriously? We do think that flashing is a little bit of a joke. It is the the, the dirty old man in a dirty mac. It is a carry on, sea, saucy seaside postcard thing. When actually, actually, it's abuse, isn't it? It's a form of sexual abuse. You are being made to look at something that you have not chosen to look at. Something sexual that you have not chosen to look at. It's an infringement of your rights. Now, you, you might be one of those people that could, you know, that happens, that, and you, you, you happens to, and you could laugh it off. But I'd imagine it can have a bigger uh, effect. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The gentleman that's on, and I'm using the term gentleman very loosely, who's uh, on the loose at the moment, uh, is doing it to schoolgirls in Bedford. Does that change your opinion of it? Does that make you take it a bit more seriously? And if so, why? And have you got any sympathy for the people that are doing it? We've spoken to a psychologist, and uh, they are not... Well, they, they are troubled, troubled uh, people, aren't they? They, they? they have troubles and problems. They are not well. Any sympathy for them? Should we be sending them into therapy? 08459 455 555. Would love to speak to you this morning. We've already had a couple of calls from people who have been flashed at. If it's happened to you... Well, uh, and we know Justin's got some more audio that we'll play later on in the show. If it's happened to you, 08459 455 555. And I put this out there. I'm not expecting to get any calls, but if you are brave enough to pick up the phone and give me a call, um, I, I would like to talk to you. If you have ever done it, have you ever flashed? 08459 455 555. Should have a look at the front pages of the newspapers. Yes, why not? The Times. Um, there's a pic- what's in the, um, storm clouds yesterday. It's not a particularly impressive picture there for the Times. They normally have pretty good uh, front pages, but that uh, it's, it's it's an adequate photograph. Uh, check children's phones for sex abuse. Parents told. Oh dear. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, 
Warning comes as Cameron hails breakthrough against online exploitation. Parents are warned today they are putting their children at risk from sexual predators by failing to carry out basic checks on their mobile phones. A unique study of child sexual exploitation has found a lack of understanding among families that paedophiles often try to contact children through mobile devices. If you've got a kid, let's say 16 and under, and they have a mobile device or a computer, as a parent, surely, surely, you should be saying, any time I ask to look at that phone, any time I ask to look at that computer, you give it to me. Really? Don't you? That makes sense to me. 16 or under? 15 or under? If your kids have a, a, an iPhone or a, or a Blackberry, do you remember them? Um, then you have a right to say as a parent, right, I want to look at that phone now. No, not in, not in 30 seconds, not, no, no, now. Surely that seems basic. That's basic parenting 101, isn't it? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. The independent, ooh, artsy photo. There's an artsy photo of a lady with uh, a fringe. They call, I only just found out recently, in America, they call fringes bangs. I didn't know what the hell that was. Bangs. There's a lady with uh, some bangs. She's got great bangs walking up a spiral staircase. I have no idea why. Uh, and forced to pay the bedroom tax even if the room is used for a kidney dialysis machine. Uh-oh. It's been 30 years since Rivers Pound moved into his specially adapted council flat in Earls Court, West London. Let's just pause for a second. And uh, yes, that gentleman's name was Rivers Pound. The 55-year-old has been on and off dialysis since his first kidney failure at 19. And his flat was one of three in the block designed with its own dialysis room. Then in April, the coalition introduced its welfare reforms and everything changed. Although Rivers' body was rejecting a third transplanted kidney, he was not on dialysis at that moment, and so the room that houses equipment was deemed surplus to requirements. According to the inflexible rules of the under-occupancy policy, known as the bedroom tax, he had to find another £120 a month for this spare room. Oh, dearie, dearie. Well, this is a sad story. I could go on reading that morning. What a terribly sad story. The Daily Telegraph. Oh, it's the lady on the front page of the Daily Telegraph. It's the lady who pushed past me the other day. I recognise her face. She pushed past me the other day. I don't know her name. Let's look at the caption. It's the Countess of Wessex. Oh, I see. The Countess of Wessex hosts a reception at Buckingham Palace to mark the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. She did not mention the fact that she pushed past former 11 o'clock show host Ian Lee just a few days before. She pushed past me. Gave me the elbow and everything. Uh, Thousands of Britain caught in tax raid on foreigners. Um, and uh, pa- patients will be told how many nurses should be on each ward. 08459 455 555 if you want to uh, give us a call about this or anything else that uh, we're talking about this morning. The Guardian, Doctor Who, Doctor Who, I'm very excited. Oh, the G2 is a Doctor Who pull-out special. Oh, oh, I'm very excited about it this weekend. Very excited. Uh, on more serious matters, uh, college course subsidy spirals out of control. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, I've pleaded guilty, and that's that. W- women, woman killed three men and dumped bodies in ditches. Oh, dearie me. The Daily Mail. Church is on the brink of extinction. Here we go. Ex-Archbishop Carey warns C of E is in deep crisis. The Church of England is just one generation away from extinction, the former Archbishop of Canterbury said yesterday. This is interesting. Lord Carey said... The blame, Lord Kerry laid the blame at the feet of church leaders who he said should be ashamed of their failure to bring youngsters into their services. What are they going to do? Do that ridiculous thing where they get a vicar to dress up as a clown? 
Or they get in a woman with milk bottle glasses to play a, bit, play a big Sunday school guitar. You know the type. John Lennon plays one in the Hello Goodbye video. His stark message was echoed by the Archbishop of York, who told the General Synod that compared to the need to attract new worshippers, everything else is like rearranging furniture when the house is on fire. What do you think? The, the, the church is on the brink of extinction. There's a generation to go. Would you miss it? Would you miss it? Probably not. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You wouldn't really. You think you would. I mean, churches would still be there, but the concept of a Sunday service, you wouldn't miss that. Of course, you wouldn't miss it because you don't go. We wouldn't miss it in this country, would we? Is it time we got rid of the church? A bit too much influence. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Quick look at the other two before we get the uh, travel with Alice. Uh, icy seventy miles per hour gales to bring chaos, says the Daily Express. They're doing a weather story, and the Sun has the best front page ever, apart from Up Yours Delores. That was great. That was great. Let's be honest. okay. The, uh, after Up Yours Delores, which was the best front page ever, the Sun has the second best front page ever. Monty Python getting back together. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. OK, it'll be awful. They'll be playing the O2. Tickets will be 240 quid a pop. You won't be able to hear them. They're too old. But, put that to one side, it's going to be wonderful. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is slow between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. M25 anti-clockwise is very slow now between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. A1M southbound struggling between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage, with slow in patches between St Albans and South Mims. The A5 High Street in Dunstable is slow southbound from Priory House, and the A1 is slow between the A428 and the Black Cat Roundabout. In High Wycombe, the A40 looking like like it's struggling in both directions and in South Oxy, Presswick Road is closed between Hailing Road and Green Lane after an accident. On public transport, if you're heading into London, the Bakerloo line has service suspended between Keys Park, Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstown with minor delays on the rest of the line. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, 7.46, it's Tuesday the 19th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man has been arrested on suspicion of murder after a woman was stabbed in Luton. Police are investigating a number of reports of indecent exposure across the three counties. And in football, Wickham Wanderers replay their FA Cup first-round tie at Crewe tonight. Coming up, selfies. Justin Dealey is a selfie expert. He takes ages to take a selfie. And did you know that on average women take 16 minutes to take a selfie? This is true fact. That was in a newspaper the other day. Yes, something like that. When did you last take a selfie? We've done it. We've put it up on facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. I think my pout looks rather fine. We'll talk about that and more after the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, many of us just sneaked above freezing as a minimum temperature last night. However, there are some exceptions to the rules. We've got one or two places which do have a frost this morning. St Albans, for example, scraping ice from the windscreen there. So it's not um, across the board that things have stayed above zero. But for the most part, it seems they have. Plenty of sunshine around already. Blue sky, crisp winter's day. That northwesterly breeze, though, making things feel really rather chilly. We're looking at a maximum later of just five 
5 Celsius. That's if we're lucky. So really rather raw. Once the sun sets, the temperature is going to drop very quickly and that's when we're going to get our widespread frost. Through the latter part of the night, though, the cloud will increase and the wind will pick up. So what starts off a frosty night perhaps won't end that way. The minimum temperature in the first half, minus 1, minus 2. But like I say, it will rise as we head towards dawn. Some spells of wet and windy weather through tomorrow's strong westerly wind accompanied with maximum temperature of 7 Celsius. It's going to feel quite miserable and bitterly cold. From Thursday onwards, it's sunshine and showers, but the wind switches round. It comes back from the north again. So we are going to hang on to these colder temperatures by day and at night time as well. That's your forecast. Thank you very much. I was just admiring the selfie we took of the team. I mean, the the, the two girls who's... Um, oh, I've forgotten them. Anyway, they, they look ridiculous. I'm quite pleased, ladies, with how good I look. I'm doing a silly pout, but my hair's a good length. I look healthy. I look younger than my 38 years. You look more intelligent than usual. I look more intelligent than you... Hey, hang on a second. I come off quite well out of that. It looks like I'm about to stick my finger up your ear. You normally are, and we'll, we'll stop <laughs> it that. It looks like you two are my parents... We kind of are. Oh, for goodness sakes. Yes! Top tick, top tick. The clock's ticking. Doctor, it's time. Doctor Who, the day of the Doctor. Saturday night at 7.50 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Oh, I'm so happy. I, I've gone off Doctor Who ever since... Do- the last series of David Tennant... Christopher Eccleston I thought was ridiculous, but I enjoyed it. First series of David Tennant was fun. After that, I thought he was silly. Uh, Matt Smith, d- d- too young? Too young! But, oh, John Hurt is an, an evil old Doctor. Oh, I'm very, very excited. Very excited indeed. You're excited, aren't you, Just? Oh, no. Whoa, man, <laughs> come on! <laughs> come on, what, what's there to be excited about? Exterminate Justin Daly. Justin Daly must be exterminated. Oh, I wanted to exterminate you for a long time hey, now. Hey, this is, sorry? Right, Friday, mm. Doctor Who special on the show, OK? Mm. We'll have a Doctor Who special. Catherine Boyle, can we get Colin Baker? He's a local doctor. Mm. Let's yes. get him on. Uh, let's try and get Tom Baker. What are you pulling the face for? I don't get it. Yeah, tough, you're not meant to. Right, it's a fr- Friday, it's a Doctor Who special on BBC Three Counties <laughs> Radio. Yeah. Justin Dealey's going to dress up as the Doctor and go out and about. <laughs> uh, Catherine Boyle's going to dress up as Leela. Um, and uh, Kelly Betts can be K9. We're going to have Colin Baker. He's a local. <laughs> We're not. <clears throat> he was. Uh, we're going to have Colin. Ba- let me finish. Yeah. Colin Baker, my least favourite doctor. Don't tell him I said that when we book him. Let's get Peter- morning, Colin. Let's get Peter Davison. Let's get Tom Baker. Let's aim high. Get Tom Baker on. Let's do that. Let's go, Chris Eccleston. None of these is going to happen. Why? Can I just I remind you? The last time you said to me, Justin, go out into the streets and talk about the new doctor. We got some great uh, stuff. Nobody knew who he was. They we, all went who? Yeah. Uh, so this Friday then, it's a date? No. Yeah. Why? Big audience puller. People who like Doctor Who will not be listening to this show. Listen, right. They'll be right, playing okay. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, right, calm down. Well, then we'll make their breakfast. It's the Ian Lee show. Mm. I, I am driving the editorial policy of this show, and on yeah. Friday, it's Doctor Who special. Yeah, but yeah, I make just... the phone calls. So oh, okay, you'll be, I'll be making... I'll be making... Sorry? Mouthpiece. I'm not the mouthpiece, yeah. I'm the voice. No, it's all Turn your microphone you. off, Boyle, and yours, Kelly, mm. and I'm going to turn yours off now, Justin. 
All right, it, it's Justin. Sorry, Justin, you're doing this next bit. I do apologise. Yeah, I can't, okay. no can't turn your microphone off. Right. Selfies, why are we talking about them? Uh, because apparently it's um, the International Word of the Year, according to uh, Oxford Dictionary. So uh, today, everyone is celebrating selfies. Uh, for those that don't know, this is where you take a photograph of yourself. It's a self-portrait. You, you may have seen them on Facebook and on Twitter in particular. Uh, people go to, to a particular place, whatever they may be doing, and they take ridiculous photographs of themselves. Now, what I would say, of course, somebody on your production team, Kelly Betts, whenever we tend to go over breakfast, she tends to steal my phone and take selfies of herself. I shall be placing those on our Facebook page very soon, very soon, so people can see just how silly these selfies are. Bring it on. Mm. I bet they're lovely. Nah, no, they're not. So, uh, yeah, this morning, I'm going to be out and about asking people if they know uh, what the term means and are they also obsessed by taking selfies of themselves? You'll hear that report after, what, 8.30 this morning. Okay, well, looking forward to that, Justin. Anything else you want to say or should Uh, we... uh... That's it for the time being. Okay. Cheers. Bye. And he's still there. I can hear him. What's he doing? Justin? Yes. What what are you doing? Well, I, I, I just teasing what I'm doing later on. I'm no, going to go and do some work now. Well, well, no, you're not. You've just put the microphone down and you've probably sat there getting a packet of cigarettes no, out of your no, pocket. No, I'm just going to speak to the people. You'll hear from people later on after 30 about selfies. Okay, go, can go, can go I go on, now? Go and do it then, go yeah, on. Thanks, yep. Cheers, bye. Well, he's still there. He's talking on the phone. Did he just say, well, where were we? What's, <laughs> what on earth is going on? I must, I must arrange a meeting with Justin Dealey at some point because really his behaviour is completely inappropriate. Seriously, Catherine, can, this, is, this is a serious thing now. No. Friday. No. Let, let, no. No, no. let no. me. No. Oh, but listen, we have to. Why? The BBC love cross promotion. They love a little bit of cross promotion. So for one of their premier uh, local radio stations to be promoting, this could really get those Doctor Who figures up. Okay, in the interest of cross promotion, next time BBC Three Counties Radio gets mentioned in an advert advert break that's not just after Look East, <laughs> I'll put something on that you want. No, oh, oh, oh. On the subject of flashing on facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. Oh, no, sorry, this is knocking down things. It's it's a a mixture of knocking down things and flashing. Let's just see where we go, shall we? Rebecca says, I'm with Catherine on pulling down Bedford bus station. I had an incident... Oh, okay. I had an incident there about 15 years ago when a man was shaking next to me. At the time, I dismissed it until a week later when I saw the same man across the bus station standing next to a clearly distressed young lady with her baby in a buggy. Oh dear, okay, needless to say he wasn't shaking from the cold. My instant reaction was to call the police from the bus station office. We are talking about flashing. It turns out it's very, very common. I'm surprised at how common... uh, uh, Justin's still there. Justin! What on earth is going on? He's not gone off to do voxes. I think he's listening to Hart. He's talking to someone on the phone. What on earth is going on there? Is Is he not talking to someone and showing him selfies? I hope it's so. I hope he's not confused with the two stories. Have you seen the one with his dog? Yes, I have. Shall I put that on? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it took 16 takes to get that one with his dog. Um, Gary says, I don't think I would get mine out in this weather. Lol. Darren says, let him do it in view of me or my family and he will get battered pervert. He will get battered pervert. Uh, and L Cat says, I used to own a shop. A man came in... Oh, dear. Really? A man came in under the pretense of trying clothes for a stag party 
and stripped off completely. I was alone in the shop. Yes, it should be taken seriously. You don't know if this behaviour uh, uh, may progress. 08459 four double five five double five. It turns out, I mean, we, we hear lots of stories about uh, flashing in the three counties. There is a serious element to this. There is someone going around in Bedford at the moment doing it to schoolgirls. Gary, who, who, who put on Facebook there, don't think I'd want to get mine out in this weather, lol. Does it, make it, does it feel more serious to you knowing that he's doing it to schoolgirls? Does that make it more serious? Because we do have this, this kind of comedy image, don't we, of the flasher in the, the, the dirty old Mac, maybe wearing a, a, a hat or something. <laughs> that, doing that. But it is very serious. And I'm surprised at the number of people uh, that have been in touch with us on Facebook and on text and on phone calls this morning, and, and people who've spoken to Justin Dealey out and about, where they've experienced this. Thinking about it, I've had it happen to me, actually. Now I think about it, I had it happen to me. Really? Yeah, I was about 15. I was, uh, uh, well, I was, I was in a public toilet. Boy, d- d- do I not use those things now. But came out of the cubicle, and there was a gentleman stood right outside the door with, you know, on display. He wasn't using the toilet for its purposes, and I was like... <laughs> and I ran out of there, bolted out of there. It is a weird feeling, isn't it? Because yeah. afterwards you think of all the wisecracks you could have made, or yep. the thing, you know, ridiculing them. But at the time, you're just confronted with something that you did not choose, a situation you didn't choose to mm. be in. It's, it is a kind of violation. It is a violation. It's, it's, it's power, isn't it? It's control and it's power and it's manipulation of a situation to someone's advantage. But women don't do it. Women don't do it. I'm sure some do. I don't think so. I don't, th- I don't think there can be any examples of women flashing. Or th- Sharon Stone. Well, OK, right, but that was in the movie. Although once, and I, I, can I tell this story? Can I tell this story? Um, Careful, it's two minutes to eight. No, I know. I'm, I'm, um, yes, I can tell this story. I was driving through central London in my mum's car and I saw a uh, woman, very, very attractive, very heavily made up woman, um, wearing a fur coat and she had stiletto heels, fur coat stiletto heels and stockings. And there was a man with a camera. I thought... Oh, oh, hang on. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And I stopped at some traffic lights. And this woman, and I was looking, and this woman came over to the car, sat on the bonnet of the car, <gasps> opened the fur coat, was completely starkers, and the fella was taking loads of pictures. Now, first of all, I thought it was funny... And I thought, oh, this is weird. And then, and also it was my mum's car. I thought, well, this turns up in a magazine. I'm in my mum's car. I'll be in terrible trouble. And then she tried to open the passenger door to get in to have her picture taken with me. And I was like, no, thanks, love. You're all right. And I was off out of there. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, you were involved in someone else's game there. That was fun. very... I thought, please don't turn up in a copy of... Not my mum would be looking at Razzle or anything like that, but... It, it, word I, gets back to mum. Word gets back to mum. I'd be in so much trouble. So much trouble. 08459 four double five five double five. Let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is heavy from before Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and slow all the way to Junction 9 for Redbourne. M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 20 for King Langley and 16 for the M40. A1M is slow between Junction 9 for Letchworth now up to 7 for Stevenage. In Hartford, Bullocks Lane is partially blocked at Morgan's Road near the roadworks, making things slow. And the A10 in Chesant has a traffic light failure at Church Lane, which is adding to the usual morning queues heading into London. Public transport if you're heading to London, the 
Bakerloo line has service suspended between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstone. Minor delays on the rest of the line also. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Excellent stuff as always. So a heady mix for the last hour of the show. We've got flashing. Which building, which city in the world would you like to knock down? And what should we do with the future of Wolverton? We'll knock that down. We'll find out more after the news with Jane Killick. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, murder suspect arrested in Luton after the public intervene. Several incidents of indecent exposure investigated in the three counties and government inspector looks at plans to expand a film studio in Buckinghamshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man's been arrested on suspicion of murder after an elderly motorist was stabbed to death in Luton. Members of the public detained the man at the scene in Trent Road until police arrived. The woman, who was in her 70s, was treated by paramedics, but she died. Bedfordshire police say the man, who was in his 50s, was known to the victim. Police are investigating a number of reports of indecent exposure across the three counties. 48-year-old Mark Hurdle from Aylesbury was last week sentenced to a 12-week curfew plus a fine for intentionally exposing himself. There's also been two incidents near the river in Bedford Town Centre. Sophie Saluria reports. The first was at Duck Mill Lane on the 5th of November where a 15-year-old girl saw a man aged between 18 and 25 carrying out an indecent act in front of her. A man matching the same description was seen again on Friday the 8th of November exposing himself near to the old Dame Alice School in Bedford. The man is described as being of Asian appearance, six foot tall and wearing jeans and a dark raincoat. Hospitals are to begin publishing monthly details of how many nurses they have on duty and whether safe staffing levels are being met. The information will appear on a new website from April. The move is part of the government's response to the Francis inquiry into failings at Stafford Hospital, which said there had been appalling care. Plans to expand Pinewood Film Studios in Buckinghamshire go before a government planning inspector today. It's the second time the film studios have appealed to the planning inspectorate. They want to double the sound stages and production facilities. The head of the campaign group, Stop Project Pinewood, is Sylvie Lowe. What we're against is the expansion of the green belt because, you know, people have actually moved in this area because there was green fields and there were roads and, and you know, there, there were some, some open spaces. So, you know, Pinewood using their iconic name to actually expand in the green belt is really angered people. Fewer takeaways and more independent shops are at the heart of a plan to reinvigorate Wolverton in Milton Keynes. Its neighbourhood plan also aims to support the creation of street markets. The head of the Wolverton town planning team, Marie Osborne, says they hope to reverse the sort of decline seen in many towns in the three counties. What high streets can do, which shopping centres can't do and supermarkets can't do, is give us a social experience, is give us somewhere we can go, we can meet our neighbours and friends, we can have a chat and we can, you know, we can connect with one another. In football, Wickham Wanderers replay their FA Cup first round tie at Crewe tonight. Bourne Wood also have a replay at League One side Carlisle. The weather, a cold day with some long spells of sunshine and a high of 5 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. When you spend a bit of time here, that's when 
the really exciting stuff comes up. You know, it's got a bit of an edge, and I like that. You can live somewhere very pretty and twee, but I like the edge. Vibrant art scene, good pubs, a real place that feels historical and genuine. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks, all this week in Wolverton. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Call me at nine o'clock to discuss, um, um, well, anything really. Yes, Jonathan will be in probably about 15 minutes or so, a little bit sooner, to tell us what's happening on his show this morning. He's been on fire recently. Oh, excellent stuff. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm here every weekday between six and nine. If you miss any of the shows, you can listen on iPlayer or download the podcast. Maybe I'll talk about that a bit later on. But coming up between now and nine o'clock, flashing. Should we start taking it a little bit more seriously? Schoolgirls are being flashed at in Bedford and people on Facebook are making jokes. Is that part of the problem? Wolverton wants more shops and fewer takeaways. They're knocking down the Agora Centre. What would you knock down anywhere in the world? And Justin Dealey is out promoting the art of the self-portrait, the selfie. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. During the news, and I was listening, Jane, but during the news I was sending an email to my wife uh, grassing up my two children for their appalling behaviour yesterday. I, I sent her an email saying, this is what they got up to, very naughty. She wrote back going, yeah, well, that happens. Oh, OK, well, yeah. does it? Does it? Not in the Victorian days. You wouldn't have had a Victorian child calling his grandmother stupid and then spitting at her and then sitting on the table refusing to eat his chicken. But maybe you would. Uh, now, flashing. We're talking about flashing all morning, but we've had so many stories about it in the three counties recently. It's an odd thing to do, and it's been around for years, haven't it? The problem may be that we're not addressing it seriously enough. Say, so lots of you have been putting jokes about it on Facebook and so on. I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying, is that properly the proper way to, to address it? Uh, the latest bloke is targeting schoolgirls walking along Bedford's embankment. That changes it, doesn't it? That changes it. Could still be the same dirty old man in a Mac that we're laughing and making jokes about. But doing it to schoolgirls, that surely has to make it a more serious offence in your head. Well, last week, a a separate case, a 48-year-old Aylesbury man was fined for flashing. He's been handed a curfew from 8pm to 6am. So basically, he can do what he wants during normal office hours. Well, Justin Dealey has been out speaking to people in Leighton Buzzard about this. Justin, I was surprised at at how many people you've spoken to this has happened to. Absolutely. I was shocked myself. Now, sometimes when you send me out, Ian, it takes me a good couple of hours to to gather enough stories. Um, When it came to flashing, I I spoke to women and probably, what, one in every two had a story to tell. So I gathered the stories and the information very, very quickly. I found that hard to believe. Some of the stories we can't play at this particular time because a number of school children will be listening. But... But here's a few stories that, that I gathered yesterday in Leighton Buzzers. I was on my way home from school and I went my normal shortcut down an alleyway and there was a guy stood there with a raincoat and, as the story goes, opened the raincoat and there was nothing, not wearing any clothes. 
It's a 14-year-old child. I've never forgotten it. I've never forgotten it. I can still see it now. As we talk about it, the picture is still there. Mm. But I ran. I remember running all the way home and I was frightened. Really, really, really frightened. Didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. But he frightened me. Do you think more women should come forward? Because a lot of people maybe wouldn't report something like that nowadays. Do you think that anybody who does see something like that should definitely report it? Yes, but I didn't. I was too frightened. But I don't know what I was frightened of. Um, But I didn't tell my parents, I didn't tell any friends. In fact, you're probably the first person I've ever told. Um, In Ellsbury, yeah, we were out and, yeah, he just pulled his... Down the street? Yeah, 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 yeah. In town when we was out having drinks, yeah. And how old were you at the time? Uh, 18, 19. Okay. And how did it make you feel? Disgusted. Mm. Yeah, not nice. Did you report it? No, no, we just left it. Can I ask why you didn't report it? I don't know. Didn't really think anything was going to happen from it, so... I was flashed at a bus stop when I, on my way to college. I was about 15, 16. Um, I didn't go into college at the time, but everyone else at the bus stop just saw it as being normal, which was a bit strange. They thought that was normal behaviour? Yeah, because I said, shouldn't we call the police? Because it was right by a school, and everyone else said, well, it probably happens all the time. I mean, that is incredible, <laughs> isn't it? It is, yeah. It really is. I mean, it is remarkable. I think we all sniggered a little bit when we... Oh, do you fancy a flashing story? Oh, yeah, go on. Mm, but mm. it's incredible just how much it happens. And incredible as well that, that some of those stories there, people didn't report it to the police, but, but also that girl at the end, she was a, a young schoolgirl, and people just thought that that was normal behaviour. And the one thing that I found amazing yesterday was the fact that, that some of these stories were from the last 12 months, but some of them went, went back 50 years ago. Mm. You know, that lady there she was flashed out 50 years ago she didn't tell her friends she didn't tell her parents she was telling me that story for the very first time and whether it happened recently or years and years ago this has been around for a very long time i don't think it will ever go away but i think this morning i would certainly urge people if it does happen to you to make the call to the police because this could be somebody who is a serial flasher and the police need evidence to try and obviously get that person justin uh, great audio again as always mate Thank you very much indeed. Well, uh, to talk about the subject of flashing, I'm joined now by criminal lawyer Stephen Fiddler from Watford. Good morning, Stephen. We're hearing about a 48-year-old gentleman who, uh, from Aylesbury who's, who was fined yeah. for exposing himself and been handed a curfew from 8pm to 6am. Is that the kind of usual sentence? It doesn't sound like it'll be very effective. No, I, I, it probably won't be effective. It probably was a person who... Uh, was out at night, uh, had been drinking, and therefore the court thought that the best way forward was to uh, impose a curfew to keep them indoors. Uh, But the most effective way, especially when there are uh, children around or there's a playground, a a child's playground, is to send the person to prison. And the courts do do that, uh, but it's quite exceptional, though. So if you were uh, were, um, defending a flasher, what kind of sentence would you be aiming for? Well, I, I wouldn't aim for any aim for any sentence. It'd be what the court's going to right. pass, depending on a pre-sentence report. However, the uh, the courts look at it in two different ways. Firstly, if someone's a repeat offender, in other words, they've done it done it before, or if it's um, in the presence of a, a child or a, a young girl or near a school, which is perhaps extremely serious, then the court will look at a custodial sentence. They will look mm. at a prison sentence. However, before they get there, they're going to have to consider, uh, is there a psychiatric problem, which mm. there is amongst some flashes, or is there a drink problem? 
if there is, then they're going to look at the possibility of uh, ensuring that they receive treatment, and then they may move away from a prison sentence. And that's why the courts come away from prison sentences. We've had so many phone calls and texts and, uh, and emails this morning, uh, Stephen, from people who say this has happened to them. I'm surprised. I didn't think we'd get much feedback on this. Is it very common? I, I, I think it is common. I, I think people perhaps are scared to report it to the police. Um, because they're embarrassed or they run away or they're worried that the police won't treat them seriously. But I think it probably is a common problem. I think certainly in my experience in the last few years, um, it's become quite a a, a prevalent offence. It's something that that, that should be looked into, but uh, you still have to catch the particular person. Certainly if you've run away, you've still got to phone the police. Uh, and the person may have disappeared at that particular point, which is, makes it difficult. Is part of the problem, Stephen, this is what we've been looking at this morning, that, with the, that when we talk of flashing, we all kind of giggle a little bit, and we think of the dirty old man in a dirty Mac, and it's all very carry-on and, and, and uh, you know, seaside postcards and things like that. It, it, but it is actually a very serious offence. It is abuse, isn't it? Yes. Uh, and do we need to change our attitude towards it, do you think? Well, the maximum sentence at the Crown Court is two years. Some may say that that's, that's not very high. The courts very, very, very rarely impose the maximum sentence. It can be dealt with in the lower courts, and it may be that consideration has to be given to increasing the sentence. And if there's an increase in the sentence, then the public may feel that uh, the matter's been treated more seriously. Do you, um, do you have any sympathy, Stephen, for the flasher? I've no sympathy for the flasher at all. None whatsoever. How can anybody have any sympathy? It's abuse of of, of another person. Um, None whatsoever. There can't be any sympathy. The courts have got to treat it fairly seriously uh, and have to punish the people. And they have to make sure that they don't do it again. They have to Mm. look at, at both issues, punishment and rehabilitation. That's what I think the public would would expect from uh, from the courts. Stephen Fiddler, criminal lawyer from Watford, they're talking about flashing. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Uh, I have been amazed. And Justin, Justin made a good point there. Uh, a woman had uh, had this happen to her fifty years ago. Justin is the first person. She's told, never told her parents, never told the police, never told a teacher, never told anyone. First person she told was Justin Daly, which is amazing. And we've had a couple of people calling in with similar stories to this show, that the first person they've told is us, which is, which is great, because it means that we are doing our job properly and you feel you can trust us. So thank you for that. Uh, and again, I'm asking you to trust us this morning. If you've got any stories... Uh, about this. 08459 455 555. Give us a call, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. I just wanted to say as well, we have had some calls where the woman hasn't spoken about it before and she doesn't want to speak about it on air, but it's obviously still affecting her years on. So it is something that uh, I think can't really be laughed off anymore. Um, If you do want to talk to us, we can change your name. Yes, we can do that. But yeah, people still are laughing about it on Facebook. And I was kind of sniggering yesterday, if I'm completely honest, when you you mentioned there was going to be a flashing story. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, And and, and that is sort of our default setting. But when you look at it more, more clearly, it is... It is horrible. It's it, a horrible abuse. Imagine someone was doing that to your daughter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and there is someone doing this uh, in Bedford, uh, not at this moment, but, but doing it to schoolgirls in Bedford, 08459 555. Uh, Helen has texted in, 81333, starting her text 3CR. When I was in the RAF, walking to the camp in my uniform, when a man on a bike stopped, opened his coat and had nothing on. So I said, great, stay there. I got out my handcuff. I was an RAF uh, copper. He fell off his bike, left it on the ground and ran off. 
Then I got off on his bike and went to work. There you go, you see. 08459 555555. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a quarter past eight. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is still struggling this morning, really heavy from before Junction 11 for Dunstable Road, and then slow all the way down to 9 for Redbourne. The N25 clockwise is slow through the roadworks between 22 for St Albans and 23 for South Mims. Anti-clockwise struggling between 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. A1M southbound is slow between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. In Chesant, the A10 has a traffic light failure at Church Lane. That's adding to the usual morning queues heading in to London. In Hartford, Bullcox Lane is partially blocked at Morgan's Road near the roadworks. That's making things slow. And in Aylesbury, the A41 Tring Road is queuing at Bedgrove. On public transport, the Bakerloo Line has service suspended between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wheelsden. Minor delays on the rest of the line. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 8.16, it's Tuesday the 19th of November. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Members of the public in Luton detained a man after a woman was fatally stabbed yesterday afternoon. Hospitals are to publish monthly figures to show if they have enough nurses on the wards. And in football, England take on Germany in an international friendly at Wembley this evening. The weather today, it's going to be cold with long sunny spells and a high of 5 degrees Celsius. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's about more than just goals. You're the eyes and the ears of the fans who are trying to listen back at home. Where the ball is on the pitch, that, that's so important in the role of the listener. You do try to paint the picture and give the fans the feeling that they can soak in the same atmosphere that we're getting at the ground. Be a nice impartial viewpoint and keep everyone up to date with the club. I think that's why commentary is so important. You still can't beat live commentary. You might be able to find out within seconds if a goal has been scored, but with commentating, you're telling people as it happens. It's about more than just goals. Three counties sports. Very disappointed that you would actually, just literally seconds before that trail for whatever it was finished, Jonathan, I told him a very personal story and he went, oh, <laughs> you were disgusted. <laughs> and I'll, t- I'll tell you the personal story, dear Lister, and you see if it makes you go, oh, and the nose was, oh, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about hot and cold. Jonathan likes it hot. I like it cold. I prefer it cold because when you're hot, there are only a certain amount of clothes you can take off. When it's cold, you can keep putting clothes on. I've installed my electric blanket in the bedroom. And when I have a little doze in the afternoon, I put the electric blanket on. Yes, there was in bed. Electric blanket, jeans, shirt, the works. Little uh, wee willy winky hat on. The oh. works. And you did that. Why would you have an electric black? That's that's like my worst nightmare. A hot bed. What, what, to, to to get some common parlance. What's your beef? How horrible! It's I have it. Bed I, should be freezing cold. <laughs> oh no! I like the bedroom cold. I like when you dash to the loo. <laughs> it's cold. That makes it fun. That makes it more of a challenge. Uh, but the bed has to be warm, toasty, toasty, warm. Really? Yes, oh, yes, please. Oh, dear. Wonderful. No, I like a nice, icy cold bed. Oh. Nice crisp sheets slide into a cold bed. Does your cat sleep on, on your bed with you? Yes, he does. Well, see, my cat sleeps on my bed. She loves it even more now the electric blanket's on. I bet she does. The lecky blanket, I call it, just to save a bit of time. I find myself uh, contorting into the most peculiar positions, all because of that blooming cat. 
Sometimes I wake up and I've got like one leg over there yeah. and the other leg there and the cat's kind of perched right yeah. in between my legs and I daren't move. I have exactly the same thing. I had this last night. The cat was in between my legs and I thought, oh, I don't want to move because I don't want to disturb her. I know. I'm thinking it's a cat. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> or because at the moment, because I'm doing this ridiculous shift and my, my wife is working other shifts, we're sleeping in separate bedrooms for the mo- during the week. And so I, the, the cat was taking up o- over half of the bed and I was just perched on the edge of the bed. <laughs> Awful. It's ridiculous. What, what do we do without them, What's though? going on? with us what's on your show this morning coming up on the big phone in at nine today would it matter to you if christianity died out in this country the former archbishop of canterbury lord carey has warned that christianity is a generation away from extinction yes and he's called on the church to do more to attract young people he says vicars and priests feel defeated and congregations often roll their eyes with boredom the Archbishop of York, Dr John Centineu, has told fellow Christians they must evangelise or fossilise. Oh. Sounds fun, doesn't it? Well, yeah. from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Would it matter to you if Christianity died out in this country? When you think about it, if, if uh, Lord Carey's right, mm. that we're looking at a, a generation away from extinction of the Christian church in this country, that's about 30 years. Mm. So within our lives, chances are Christianity have gone mm. just won't exist in this country does that matter does that worry people it's interesting isn't it when was the last time you went to church oh god uh for, well it would have been the last wedding i went to wow. i think it would have been a, a year before last wow i gave a speech though so that in some ways <laughs> that, that counts, counts for, for much more doesn't it <laughs> oh god am i going to hell i think so possibly possibly <laughs> I've started going to church every now and then. Not not a religious thing. I quite like it. Partly since my dad died earlier this year. So you kind of want to find a sort of spiritual connection and the church is the obvious place to head to. But um, it's just quite nice. And I'm not Christian, but it's just quite nice. And I've noticed, if I'm walking past a church, I'll always pop in and have a little look. And if there's a service, I'll sit down. But they are empty. It's full of old women. It's full of lots of old women. Uh, and there aren't that many, you know, there, there are not many people. I've recently been spending some time uh, in Victoria, in, and I have a gap between meetings in Victoria, and Westminster uh, Cathedral is there. This amazing cathedral. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. And they, you go and sit in there? Go and sit in there. Do you? Yeah, I do. They have, and the choir's, when the choir's going, oh, it's wonderful. Mm. But there's not many people there. And it's this huge cavernous place with like 30 people sat there and a couple of Japanese tourists taking photographs and getting told off for using a flash. I do wonder whether, I mean, if we, if we fast forward 30 years, if the Christian religion is not around, will some people struggle to cope? Because, I mean, for me personally, I don't need religion in my no. life. I can kind of, I can get through it. When my mum died, I got through it all without needing to believe in something yep. or religion. It was, you know, I can cope without religion in my life. Some people, you know, religion is very important. It is who they are. They, they need that sense of belief in yep. order to, to get through their lives. What will happen to them if Christianity is gone? Well, they'll still have, to use a phrase, Jesus within them, wouldn't they? Well, no, I think he's talking about... the it's completely gone. Yeah. It the have, the it thing is, he, he's asking for church leaders and vicars and priests and things to make church attractive for young people. They're the, they're the wrong people to ask. They'll dress up as clowns and play those big acoustic guitars and get someone in to play some drums. They're the wrong people to attract Well, it's this, the, the, the business about they must evangelise or fossilise. Yeah. Is that what people want? Mm. Oh, it's going to be interesting today. Well, from nine, your views, please. Would it matter to you if Christianity died out in this country? 08459 455 555. I'd love your call. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
I shall enjoy looking for. I shall enjoy looking forward to that. Wow, even the anticipation is fun. I shall enjoy listening to it as well. Uh, talking about flashing, a uh, 48-year-old gentleman has been uh, sentenced to a well, a fine and a curfew between 8 p.m. and 6 a.m. Not really a punishment. That's my life, pretty much. Uh, and there is someone flashing to uh, schoolgirls in Bedford. Has it happened to you? Do we need to take it a little bit more seriously? Well, Mavis has called in. 08459 555555. Mavis is in Aylesbury, or well, near Aylesbury. Morning, Mavis. Mavis. Oh, no, Mavis has disappeared. We'll come back to Mavis in a little. Maybe we'll do Mavis uh, after uh, we've talked about uh, Wolverton. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, as part of our big tour of the Three Counties, we visit a different town across beds, hearts and bucks every week, covering the stories that matter to you. This week we are in Wolverton, and uh, a new plan for the town is calling for less takeaways, more retail, and the creation of street markets. Well, I'm joined now by Martin Wakeley, who runs Busker's Coffee Shop. Morning, Martin. Morning. Uh, as a, a shopkeeper, a business owner, how important is this plan for you? It's, it's really important. It's really important for the whole of Wolverton. We, it's, it's, uh, it's a great town, great, uh, great community, but we just need to get more people here. Um, how, long, uh, how long have you had your, your coffee shop? We've, been, we've only been here just a year. OK. Uh, have you noticed a change in that year? It's it's difficult. It's interesting because we're on a slightly slightly different part. We're on in, in a new development in Wolverton. Right. We've, we and our, and our coffee shop is is um, rather different to all the other things that have been in Wolverton. And I think it's proved certainly to some of the people at the council that that actually you can do lovely things in in, in the town and it works and people come. Now people come from all over Milton Keynes to come to, see, to come to come to us. Tell us why your place is working so well, Martin. What are you doing differently? Um, we're doing it really nicely. You know, we, we, we do really good food. It's not the cheapest place in the world, but we would, after six months of being open, we were voted best coffee shop in Milton Keynes. Um, and then that says something about what mm. we do. We engage with the customers, which you don't get at, at, in, in other places. We're also a music shop, so it's a real, it's a real unique experience coming here. We, you know, we, we sell um, woodwind brass and stringed instruments and guitars, and it, it's just a bit different. You come in and there's a whole experience of what, what, you, what you get. And this is the thing, I, 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 listen, I've been one of those people that's used the Starbucks and the Costas, and I've kind of stopped doing that now, unless I'm really desperate. I, I, I've kind of stopped doing that, and I, I, if I have the time, I look around for a small, independent place to go and get Absolutely. a cup of tea and a sandwich, because uh, you're right, it, it is a bit more personal, and it, it's just, it's, you, you use the word nice, which is not a word I like, but you're right, it's just, <laughs> it's just nicer, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. It's a, you, want, you want an experience. We, we, we're finding that the shop's becoming a bit like bit like that, that feeling you get in a village pub where you could go in on your own and maybe meet somebody you know and have a chat and and you, and you know that there's somebody you can have a conversation with who's working there. It's just, it's just a pleasant place to, to spend some time. So if there were developments in Wolverton, this, this would ultimately help you as well? Of course, yeah. See, that's, that's, that's part of the reason I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on side with it all. But I, I live in Wolverton too, and, and it's, it's such a great community. Um, but the, the high street is, is a little bit lacking. It, it needs a bit of, a bit of life. It's, it's, it's a strange high street because it's, it's very split up because of the, the nature of it. Um, we, we we're, hearing, we're hearing, Martin, the Agora Centre is, exactly, is, is, is the problem, really. <laughs> and it looks like it's, it's up for sale. They want a quick sale. It's looking like it will probably go. Would, would, would that be a blessing for the town? Yeah, I think, uh, yes, absolutely. I, th- I think that, that, that probably 90% of the people in Wolverton feel that, that it's time the Agora went. It's a, it's a bit of an eyesore. Um, 
actually looking inside, it's quite it's quite a good space, but it's it's not really being used to its best. And opening up the road that goes, it's called Radcliffe Street, which goes up to another shopping area called the Square. Um, if we could get that opened up and put in some 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 good quality uh, independent shops up there, maybe some nice residential places up there, it, it'll just change the nature of the whole of the whole town. Is it going to work though, Martin? My, my, I do. Part of me does think, and, and I hope this isn't the case, but part of me does think the high street has evolved and is, is kind of on its way out with, with people buying stuff online and these big out of town kind of shopping centres. Do, do you think that that really would work and be effective? Yeah, I do, I, I think I think we've gone beyond where 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 you are. I think people are actually starting to come back to the high street. I think if you start to look at what Tesco's are doing, now they they they've hit a wall with the size of their 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 shops. They they they're, they're having to backtrack on some of their massive stores because they people don't want to go to Tesco's to buy a washing machine. They want to go to buy their food. Mm. And 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 the and the Tesco's were supposed to be developing a much bigger store here, which they've they've changed their minds they're not going to do that anymore and i think people really want that interaction in in shops now and they want different things now when i go shopping i don't want to go to uh, the 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 sterile shopping center experience i want to go somewhere where i I see something exciting and something different um so i can i can wear that shirt that nobody else has got or or whatever it might be or Mm. buy that gadget because that's what men do i suppose isn't it yes (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm, I'm eyeing up a new laptop at the moment without trying to keep it secret martin very quickly busker's coffee shop give it a plug whereabouts is it it's in Wolverton Park. After coming off Old Wolverton Road, <clears throat> it was voted best coffee shop in Milton Keynes, best new business in Wolverton, um, and um, we're hoping to expand in the next few months. Got a meeting with Mark Lancaster on Thursday to see if we can get some support for small businesses, which I think is the other big issue now. You know, the government say yes, support for small businesses is great, and we want them all to succeed, but we, we need to see some real support. Martin, listen, best of luck with it. I, I appreciate your time. Martin Wakeley, who is a success story, Busker's Coffee Shop. Mary in Hemel has got an idea on how to improve Wolverton. Go on, Mary. Well, not just Wolverton, but all the town centres. Oh. Uh, half the rents are starts yep. that the people are paying in the shops. You won't have any empty shops then, because and the council will still be getting their revenue. Come times like Christmas, remove all the traffic wardens, have free parking... Huh? Uh, you won't have the chaos that you get and people not bothering to go because they're frightened they're going to get a parking fine. The traffic wardens can mo- go to areas like where there's, uh, what's it called, permit parking for people who live in areas in the back streets and things like this, or give them two weeks off. Mary, we don't want to see our poor traffic wardens getting two weeks unpaid leave. That's not fair. They don't have to have it unpaid. Oh. I'm sure it's a holiday, but just send them... Send them somewhere else. Mary, thank you very much indeed. I'm not sure about the parking, but I agree with you. Let's halve the business rates for shops. It's incredible, isn't it? Uh, 08459 Thank you to Craig Lewis and Lorna Hankin for all of their work on the big tour. We'll be uh, getting more stories uh, across beds, hearts and bucks over the coming weeks and uh, more stories from Wolverton this week. It's 8.30. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M40 London bound slow between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout. The M1 southbound is still heavy from before Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and slow all the way down to 9 for Redbourne. The M25 clockwise struggling between 22 for St Albans and 23 for South Mims through the roadworks. Anti-clockwise very slow between 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. The A1M southbound is slow between 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. And in South Oxy, Presswick Road has been reopened between Hailing Road and Green Lane after an earlier accident by the golf course. The A10 in Chesant has traffic light failure at Church Lane, adding to the usual morning queues heading into London. On public transport, if you're heading into London today, Bakerloo Line has service suspended between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wheelsden. Minor delays on the rest of the line. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30. I'm Jane Killick. Members of the public detained a man in Luton after a woman was fatally stabbed. Police arrested the man in his 50s at the scene in Trent Road. Hospitals are to begin publishing monthly details of how many nurses they have on duty and whether safe staffing levels are being met. The information will appear on a new website from April. Two reports of a man exposing himself near the river in Bedford Town Centre and are among several being investigated across the three counties. Last week, 48-year-old Mark Hurdle from Aylesbury was fined and given a 12-week curfew for intentionally exposing himself. The weather, some long sunny spells but feeling cold with a high of 5 Celsius. On to sport and in football, England play Germany tonight in a friendly international at Wembley. Wembley, after their 2-0 defeat to Chile on Friday, captain Steven Gerrard says it's one of the few chances left for some players to impress manager Roy Hodgson before he names his squad for the World Cup. It's now or never, now's the time to show the manager that you're worthy of a place in that team. Yeah, there's a couple of friendlies preparation before the tournament, but that's too late. You've got to do it in the next two to, to make sure that the manager picks your name. Wickham Wanderers replay their FA Cup first round tie at Crewe tonight. The Chairboys play a team from the division above. Manager Gareth Ainsworth says his side are very much the underdogs. Yeah, there's nothing to lose. You know, we, we uh, everyone expects Crewe to win. They're, they're a League One team. You know, we're going up to their place. So everyone expects them to win. So we've got nothing to lose. We better go there and play with no fear. And I'll be saying that to the boys. Boreham Wood also have a difficult FA Cup first round replay. The Conference side, Conference South side, take on Carlisle, who play in League One. The Luton Town midfielder Andy Parry has been added to the England C non-league squad for tonight's match against the Czech Republic. He joins Hatter's striker Andre Gray, who's also in the squad. Meanwhile, Luton winger Dave Martin has joined Dartford on a month's loan. And the basketball superstar LeBron James has revealed he's having talks with David Beckham about investing in the former England captain's planned MLS franchise in Miami. PBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with the full bulletin at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The more, the more I think about this, the more I think actually this, we, we are onto something very, very special here. Saturday, Doctor Who, 50th anniversary. Friday, Friday, we make the whole Friday show Doctor Who special. Colin Baker, the weakest doctor, lives in Bed Tarts and Buck somewhere. We'll get him on. Local, local and vocal. That makes it local and indeed vocal. Okay? So we get him. Tom Baker. But, by the way, if you want to read the, the most wonderful, depressing autobiography, get Tom Baker's book. Oh, my goodness. At the end, when um, he, he, he's tending to a vandalised grave and he wonders what he's living for. 
Oh, my goodness. We get Tom Baker on. Peter Davison, we get him on. We get the fellow that did the voice of K9. We get someone who was a Dalek. It would be wonderful. It would be wonderful. Now, if you're on Twitter, and by the way, I'm not in any way condoning cyberbullying in the slightest. I wouldn't. I think it's an awful, awful thing. But can we all cyberbully at Catherine3CR on um, uh, Twitter? Because oh, and, no, 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 not cyberbullying. Not oh no, 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 you misunderstood. Not cyberbullying. I'm against that. But if we can all cyberbully at Catherine3CR and get her to basically tell her that you want a Doctor Who special. No, you fr- don't, though, really, do you? No, they, no, they do. No. So if you all tell her, and when I say bullying, you know what I mean. Uh, if we all tell her we want Friday to be a Doctor Who special, uh, you have the... Pa- it's your BBC. Remember that, that fella said, us, said it was? Was his name Tony? Tony Hall said it was your BBC. You have to do what he says. So You, you set ha- the Who fans on me. Yeah. That's bad. I'm going to get Biebers on you. <laughs> oh, no! Why? Oh, 08459 It makes perfect sense. We'd all have a lot of fun. Uh, we're talking about flashing. We're talking about which buildings would you knock down. We're also talking uh, about um, uh, selfies as well. Justin Dealey is out and about trying to encourage people to take selfies. The reason we're talking about flashing is lots of stories about it in the three counties. There is uh, someone who is uh, currently going around flashing at schoolgirls, walking along Bedford's embankment. Does that... Knowing that, do we need to take it a little bit more seriously? Because there have been lots of sniggers, lots of jokes, lots of jokes on Facebooks, Facebook about it. Do we need to take it a bit more seriously? 48-year-old Aylesbury man uh, was fined for it last week, been handed a curfew. 08459 455 555. We've got Mavis back from Aylesbury. Morning, Mavis. Good morning, yes. Mavis, what would you like to say about flashing? Well, all I can say is that a friend years ago, although she was upset when this man flashed her, she said, oh, for God's sake, put it away. I've seen bigger and better ones than those. And he was so shocked that he covered up and walked away. And that was the end of that. Now, that actually works, does it? Because I've often been heard that's what you're supposed to do in that situation. Because they, they are trying to assert control and make themselves feel better. And your friend obviously took back control and demeaned him. She was an actress and a singer, so I suppose she came across, you know, odd, odd characters. Right, yes, yes. There, there certainly are some types in the theatre. Yes, that's just one experience. I haven't had it happen. Do we need to take it a bit more seriously, do you think, Mavis? Well, we do. We do, but what can you do about it? Mm. Mavis, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, there are some strange types in the theatre. Oh, yes, there are. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Peter, what would you like to say? I just wanted to say, uh, if any of the groups of girls go out, just take a camera phone with them and take a picture of him and put it online. That's more than any sentence he will ever get by the courts. Well, if he's shown online, then and then it'll embarrass him so much that uh, he won't probably won't ever do it again. Do you know that that's that's an interesting idea, and I hadn't g- considered the advances of technology since the 1970s. That if you do flash someone now, there is a very strong chance you could be um, you, you could be your image could your image could be captured and uh, exploited and shared. Well. I mean, he's not he's not going to get a, a sentence in court worse than that mm. by, by, by being put online anyway. Peter, let me ask you a question. You sound like a sensible gentleman. Yeah. These people are obviously unwell. There is obviously something that has happened to them that has programmed them wrong. Have you, have you got any sympathy for them? No, not at all. They're exhibitionists, really, mostly. 
Well, by the very, very uh, d- definition, they're ex- uh, uh, exhibitionists. But you don't feel sorry that, that something's happened to them at some point in their life that means that they, they struggle with, with... They struggle with intimacy. No, quite often they're inadequate, really. Yeah. Well, Peter, listen, we'll let you get back indoors. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Part of me, very, very tiny part of me, but not insignificant, feels sorry for these people. Because they are obviously ill. Is it an addiction? I don't know. But it's an obsession, a compulsion. There is something that's happened to them at some point in their lives that has made them feel so bad about themselves, have such low self-esteem that they have to do this. Ben, have you got any sympathy for them? No, none whatsoever. What happened to you? Well, um, I was um, walking one evening, Saturday evening from business, down uh, White Hart Street in Wickham towards the Guildhall with my chairman, uh, at quite a brisk pace, and there was one under the Guildhall hanging it out, and my chairman, without breaking step, whacked him across the end of it with his brass-tipped rolled umbrella and said, put that ruddy thing away! When I glanced around, he was just sinking slowly to his knees. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm, la- I'm only... I'm laughing. All right, I'm laughing because it's funny. So he, he whacked him with the, with the end of his umbrella. Yeah. And, and what did he say again? Put that ruddy thing away. Wow. Remember and, it clear as a bell and this poor lad just... And he was, hi- he was hiding under the guild hall. In the guild hall, yeah, there's a little archway that goes down to the toilet wow. at the back of the guild hall. I suppose it's different, isn't it? I mean, if it, it happened to me when I was a young lad, and it kind of made me feel a bit uncomfortable, but I've dealt with it. If it happened to <laughs> me now, I'd just say, I'll jog on, mate. But yeah, I, mean, exactly. I, suppose it's, yeah. I suppose it's different, isn't it, perhaps, when it's happening to, to, to women, uh, and, and especially schoolgirls? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. Um, they're either highly shot because it's probably the first experience of, or first vision of such a thing. Yeah. Um, or they literally, they must freeze inside, I think. Mm. Yeah, That's exactly. It, it must be the shock. Ben, thank you very much for that fantastic story. Uh, wonderfully told. We've got some text here. 81333. Uh, Anna says, My mother was walking by an orchard when she heard a rustling in the trees. There, swinging in the trees, was a stark naked man. When she returned home, she gave a photo fit to the police, stating he looked like Joe Bugner, the boxer. Just to state that, was, it, that we're not in any way implying that Joe Bugner likes to swing naked from trees, OK? I'm sure he doesn't. Stephen Smith says, I work with uh, women, mainly women, from 1981 to 2000. They were flashed regularly. One girl said to a guy, it's a bit cold for that, mate, on a chilly morning, and they thought nothing of it. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Wurzel's in Wendover. Morning, Wurzel. Morning. What would you like to say, boss? Um, going back to before this flashing started, um, on going back sort of 40 years ago, when just after national service and that, you never had none of this sort of malarkey. And I believe that if half of them now was, instead of putting them in prison, they was taken up these Anglia, set to dig up a field of potatoes in a pair of shorts, and nothing else, they do nothing. That'd bring them down to the knees quicker than anything. Hang a second. So what you want to do to flashers is send them up a hill to pick potatoes with not many clothes on. They'd probably like that, Wurzel. No, I don't think so, because there ain't nobody there to flash at, is there? Well, they could flash at each other. 
Oh, no. But that'd be taking it away from the public, wouldn't it? Well, I suppose so. So they, we, we should all put them on a flasher's island. You say it didn't happen before uh, the end of national service. I bet well, it did. Not, well, not as much as what it is now. I, I, think, I think half of it is youngsters nowadays have got nothing else to do. There's no work for them. And they're absolutely bored stiff. Sorry? You so, go back to... You go back to the 1950s, 60s, 70s, you had engine works at Swindon, Doncaster, all over the show. Right. Carriage works at Wolverton, one of the best carriage works there was in the country. Yeah. And now you've got nothing. So you're saying that the, the, the rises in unemployment is causing an increase in flashing? Well, I think it's causing a lot of things. It's the same with theft. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, you know, people have got nothing to do. There's no money to be hurt. Well, so I appreciate your thoughts, and uh, th- th- all of you, stop it. Stop making your own jokes at home, please. Please. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. I don't, I, 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 it, we do often hark back, don't we, saying, oh, before the end of national service, there was no deviancy, there was no... Bu- hang on a sec. Hang on a second. I think things were just as bad, if not worse back then. It just wasn't so widely and easily reported. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the number of uh, uh, paedophiles that, that we have now is probably pretty much the same it was in the 1940s. Maybe not the 40s because there was the Second World War, but certainly in the 50s and the 30s. It's, it's pretty much the same in numbers of incidents. The figures haven't changed that much. It's just, it's reported more and it's, it's treated differently. And I think the same thing with flashing. Just going back to this text from Steve saying that um, uh, it happened to, to lots of women he worked with and they thought nothing of it. Are we taking it too seriously? We've been asking this morning, are we taking it too lightly? Perhaps we're taking it too seriously. Perhaps that is the thing. We heard from a call earlier on, a friend, it happened to a friend and she laughed at it and said, put it away, it's nothing special. Do we need to, to, to demean the people that are doing it? Will that stop it? 15 minutes left of the show if you want to give us a call. 08459 455 555. You can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR or you can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. We'll take more of your calls on that. And also, before 9 o'clock this morning, Justin Dealey. Now, Justin Dealey, I'm not saying he's vain, but he's really, really vain. He's been out this morning to talk about selfies. It's the word du jour. Don't know what that means. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stockingstone Road is partially blocked before Hitchin Road roundabout after an accident. And in Hartford, Bullocks Lane is still partially blocked at Morgan's Road near the roadworks, which is making things slow. The A10 in Chestnut has a traffic-like failure at Church Lane, causing queues. A1M southbound is slow between St Albans and South Mims in patches. The M25 anti-clockwise looking very slow between 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Clockwise things are slow between 22 for St Albans and 23 for South Mims in to the roadworks there. M40 London bound is slow between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe Handy Cross Roundabout. Public transport on the Bakerloo line now have severe delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wheelstone with minor delays on the rest of the line. I'm Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Right, it's 8.46 on the button. It's Tuesday the 19th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Members of the public in Luton detained a man after a woman was fatally stabbed yesterday. 
Hospitals are to publish monthly figures to show if they have enough nurses on the wards. In football, England take on Germany in an international friendly at Wembley this evening. The weather will be cold with long sunny spells and a high of 5 Celsius. Coming up, more on flashing and we'll also be talking to Justin Dealey about the phenomenon of the selfie. But before that, let's get the weather. It's Kate Kinsella. Put that ruddy thing away. To apologise, Kate. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> that, that surprised even me, Kate. I do apologise. <laughs> away you go. I've put it away. It's okay. Excellent. Good morning. It is a cold start to the day. Some of us have a frost. Some of us do not. It's a bit of a mixed bag whether we dipped just below zero last night or we didn't. So some of us scraping. Some of us have got away with it. But it's a cold, sunny winter's day. A northwesterly breeze it means the temperature is going to feel colder than the five Celsius predicted. That's just forty-one degrees in Fahrenheit. Once the sun set, the temperature is going to drop down very, very quickly and a widespread frost is likely to develop for the first part of the night with the minimum down to minus one, minus two. May actually sneak down to minus three in some more rural locations. But through the second part of the night, the cloud will increase and the wind will pick up as well. And that, in turn, will make the temperature rise as we head through to dawn tomorrow morning. Strong westerly breeze tomorrow, spells of rain as well, so really quite a, quite a cold, wet, windy day. The maximum temperature just 7 Celsius, that's 45 degrees in Fahrenheit. Then for Thursday, the wind switches round from the north again, so we're hanging on to these very cold temperatures during the day and overnight as well. That's your forecast. Thank you very much indeed. See, that's how professional she is. She can deal with this kind of nonsense. Roberto Peroni. I can bring you now some good news for women. What do you look like in a pair of Speedos or swimming trunks? A pumpkin had been stolen from outside a hairdresser's salon. We've had lots of support since your programme. Lots of phone calls telling us not to worry and everyone's looking out for them. What could I do to bring a smile to Dame Kelly Holmes's face? <laughs> Do you know what that sound is? I do. They're alpacas. They're, I've got six alpacas. They're lovely. Everyone takes the mickey. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Peter is in Wolverton. Morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peace Peter. be with you, brother. Yeah, but yes, peace be with you. You've, you've um, uh, been flashed at, is that right? Well, yes. It's embarrassing to talk about because it's been females that's flashed at me on, on a few occasions. And one occasion, I, because I'm a gardener and I've been a gardener and landscaper now for the last 50 odd years, and a very good one, um, might I add. The. Uh, um, occasion was a rear garden, digging footings for um, a building, and uh, the lady in question was the wife of the husband that was employing me at the time, and uh, hot summer's day, she in the bikini bounced over to ask if I would like a cup of tea, and it all fell out, and I thought, oh my goodness me. Well, all of it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the two at the top, and the next day it happened again, oh. um, and I thought, oh, this is, oh, I couldn't finish that job quick enough to get out of the place, and uh, it's, it's terrible to say, isn't it? Um, here I am, full-blooded male, but uh, I, I felt 
physically sick because uh, I was married at the time and I, I didn't want that sort of thing. Now, you're saying you felt sick, Peter. There will be people, blokes going, Fwah, Peter, Fwah. Uh, it, did it, yeah. it, it did make you feel uncomfortable, did it? It, it really, really did. And, and the, the next occasion it happened, many years later, um, rear garden again, and I, it was the last day of the job, a patio and garden, etc. And um, I got on with the family, and it was a 14-year-old girl. And I heard this rapping on the bedroom, on a window, and I looked round, I thought, and it kept going on and on and on and on. And gradually I, I thought, it must be one of the houses round, what's going on? And it was this girl at the window, mm-hmm. fully exposed, gyrating, etc., etc. And I, I couldn't get out of that place quick enough because I thought, this is, this is, I felt really sick. Yeah. It was awful. Well, Peter, I appreciate you coming on this morning and, and giving a, a gentleman's perspective on it from the other side, literally from the other side. It, it, it was women doing it to you, and there will be people going, oh, Peter, well done, eh? But you can hear from the distress in his voice how uncomfortable uh, it, it made him. Didn't like it at all. 08459 555 is the phone number. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, uh, we can go to our selfie correspondent, Justin Daly. Justin, for those uh, people, who, who the, the three people listening who haven't heard of a selfie, what is it and why is it so special today? Oh, it's so cold today. Uh, it's been named as the... Inter- I, I, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. I, <laughs> just, I don't want a weather report. We've just said that from Kate. I know, but it's freezing up this Tough. morning. It's your job. Stay out okay, there. OK. Um, the term selfie is a self-portrait. So a number of people will take photographs on their phones and they'll put those onto social media sites such as Facebook and Twitter. A lot of celebrities do this. It's basically in a self-portrait of people looking ridiculous. And in the last year, so many millions of people have done this for the very first time. That's why we're talking about it today, because it has been named as the International Word of the Year, according to Oxford Dictionaries. You can't get more credible than that. Now, you, you say people look ridiculous, but let, mm. no, let's speak frankly. Yeah. Your phone is full of you, your selfies. No, not no, true. No, not true. No, not true. No, no, Justin. Says the person who's put a selfie on the BBC Three Counties radio Facebook page this morning. I can see Catherine Boyle and Kelly Betts doing one now. It looks ridiculous. But, Justin, <laughs> be honest. Your phone is full of selfies. Um, Come on. I think, you know, selfies, I think, if you're doing something important, there's nothing wrong with a selfie. But if you've got a selfie of you having dinner, and you see these online, people having dinner, uh, and they've got a selfie of themselves, that, I'm afraid, looks ridiculous. Does it count as a selfie if it's you holding a, a slightly effeminate-looking dog? <laughs> d- d- does it, uh, I took a selfie of me and my mum's dog for my mum. And how two many favourite boys? How many um, takes did it did it take you to get that photo right? Eight. It wasn't me. It was the dog. He was complaining, not me. I think it was more than eight, wasn't it? No, eight. <laughs> You've been talking to people about this, have you? Yes, it may be the international word of the year, but uh, many people haven't heard of it. I think it's fair to say, Ian, this is for young people taking selfies. I've been trying to take selfies with members of the general public this morning, and here's what happened. You fancy a selfie? A what? A selfie. What's that? That is where you take a photograph of yourself. So I would stand here with my phone and I would take a photograph of ourselves. It's a self-portrait. Oh. You had no idea. No, no, I'm not a technophobe. It's been named as the International Word of the Year. Oh, right. I know onesies. (laughs) But not selfies. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Sir, you, me and a selfie. What do you reckon? Yeah. You up for that? Yeah. Do you know what it is? 
Uh, no, 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 no. How often do you take selfies? I take them almost every two, three days. Why do you do it? For like social networks such as Instagram, Facebook, things like that. It seems pretty pointless, doesn't it? Yeah, it's quite pointless. What do you think about those people that take selfies? I think that their photos should only be taken by other people. If you saw somebody taking a photograph of themselves, what, what would you think of that person? Would you think they're a bit stupid? Um, a little... S- a bit vain, isn't it? The right word. I think it's just... It's vanity gone mad. Yeah. Hey, madam. From Ian Lee's breakfast show. Do you fancy a selfie? A s- oh, what, sorry? A selfie. What is that? We take a photograph of ourselves. I've only got a few seconds because my bus is there. Oh, you got to go? Yeah. Oh, I was quite up for that selfie. <laughs> Maybe another morning there. Yeah. Thank Ooh, you. Bye. Thanks. See ya. Dave, good morning, you all. Yeah, it's not bad, yeah. Lovely. You up for a selfie? Yeah. What's a selfie? It's where we take a photograph of ourselves. Oh, uh, no, thank you. I, <laughs> I can't believe there are people out there, Justin, who don't know what a selfie is. The fact that we're talking about it on BBC mm-hmm. Three Counties Radio means it's already, you know, we're a year late. I think it's definitely for the younger generation. My mum said to me last week, what did she call it? She didn't call it a selfie, she called it something else. It's, um, it's one of those words which I think, you know, off the back of today again, will take off a bit more. But as we currently stand, I would say this is mainly teenagers taking photographs and putting them on social media websites. What I would say as well, Ian, after the show today, I should be going out for you. Um, you've been saying today you want a Doctor Who special on Friday's Friday. show. It is I'm, happening. I am no, taking Catherine, this to no, the Catherine, streets. I'm having no. a... No, Justin, no, let, no. You've been, no. You're, you're being like my little boy last night. You're not going to get a story Except tonight to carry on. I'm going to win. No, Justin, what are you saying? What I'm saying is, Ian, I'm going to take this one to the streets just for you, Good and that uh, we shall get some feedback. And I think it's fair to say, Ian, if the majority of people want that special on Beautiful. Friday, we shall do it. Them. No, we've, I've already, I've already booked a guest. Have you? Yeah, I booked um, a guy called Steve Berry. He's written a, a Doctor Who book. Okay, and I, I contributed to it, so he's coming on a Friday. That's great. I mean, I'm convinced that uh, the people uh, of Bed and Bucks are not going to be up yeah, for us, you Losing the line, Justin, I'm afraid, mate, yeah. so we're going to have okay. to say goodbye to you. And, Catherine, I've lost your no. line as well. There we go, indeed. It's happening Friday. Doctor Who special to celebrate 50, uh, 50 years of Doctor Who. It's happening here live. We're going to have two doctors, an assistant, guys written a book, uh, and probably the guy that did the voice of K9 as well, if he's still alive. On the subject of flashes, it's uh, Ruth in Luton. Morning, Ruth. Good morning, Lee. Yeah, um, has it happened to you? Yeah, well, in the 50s, quite often in the cinema only. Oh. And it used to happen, happen quite a lot. Because we had a, we had Wurzel on the line who said it, it didn't happen yeah, before National did. Service ended. Believe me, it did. Well, yeah. How would you know if you're in the cinema? It'd be quite dark. Well, I'm not going to go and no. have rating, but they, some of them used to strike a match and stuff like that. Oh! And I got to the point um, that I used to get up, go to the ladies, come back and go and sit somewhere else in the cinema. So hang on, they would, they'd be sat next to you? Yeah, oh yeah. And they would strike a match? Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I mean, I'm 74 now, but I can remember that like it was yesterday. Oh, well, can I just say, please do not ever strike a match anywhere near No, that. what they did in the 50s didn't they? They I? Did. I mean, you did. used to get the smoke down the middle, didn't you, boy? The, the middle of where? In the middle of the cinema. The cinema, From yes. the projection box, yeah, of didn't course, you? Of course, of course. Through and everything, yeah. you know. But um, I know I used to take my nephew or niece to the cinema, and I used to sit them next to me then. Mm. I started doing that and sitting them next to me. On How did it make side. you feel, Ruth? I used to feel weird, and I, it, it, I just used to freeze and used to think, oh, has that happened? Yeah. Did he do that, you know, and you sort of couldn't quite believe it, but you didn't do nothing about it then. And did you not tell, you didn't tell your mum or your, your friends no, or anyone? not really, no. no. 
No. Isn't that funny? No. <laughs> Ruth, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. So this myth that when we had national service, everything was fine and there was less crime and stuff, it, it, it is a myth. These things still happened. Incredible story. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Too late to call me. Oh, you've missed your chance to call me today. You'll have to call me tomorrow after six. But uh, perfect timing to uh, give JVS a call. Who's talking about the future of Christianity? Would you miss it if it were gone? Um, right, it's coming up to eight fifty nine. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stockingstone Road is still partially blocked before the Hitchin Road roundabout after an accident. In Hartford, Bullets Lane is partially blocked at Morgan's Road near the roadworks. In Chesant, the A10 has a traffic light failure at Church Lane, which is adding to the usual morning queues heading into London. The A1M southbound slow between St Albans and South Mims in patches. The M25 anti-clockwise slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Clockwise things are slow between 22 for St Albans and 23 for South Mims. The M1 southbound has now returned to normal though and is flowing without problems. Public transport, if you're heading into London, Bakerloo Line has severe delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstone with a good service on the rest of the line. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Oh, I've just got myself in terrible trouble because I'm following Catherine on Twitter but I'm not following Kelly Betts. Why does that upset you so much, Kelly Betts? Because I don't see why you wouldn't want to follow me. Because you just tweet about Jake Bug all the time. Once. Yeah, okay. Back tomorrow at six. JBS is up next. Ta ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, would it matter to you if Christianity died out in this country? The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Lord Carey, has warned that Christianity.